0: Good you Nagashites. It is the coach here, and we are talking all things sold by gra- sold by grave lords. Uh, it was actually funny because as I was starting to type up the script, I'm so um, like well, the, the description of the video. I'm so used to writing legions of Nagash. I started typing it out. I'm like, no, 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 no. This has changed a long time ago. We're <laughs> no longer the legions of Nagash. We Nagash has taken a back seat. It's all about the vampires. But I'm here with Matt Kowalski. Nah, Kowalik, Kowalik. I we've been talking wrestling over, over in the internet for the last 10 minutes. So I just went to like wrestling default. It is Matt Kowalik, um, straight out of Canada. And I know that you have been practicing pretty hard and doing pretty well with with um with the old undead. And I'll get you to introduce yourself in a minute, but I guess the context of this video is I remember when like Levan uh, was on the channel and Levan did really well, a a teammate of yours over in Canada. And, um, you know, we're talking tactics and, you know, you and I were talking behind the scenes and you had said, you know, I'm running a a very different list and getting a lot of success. So I thought I'd unpack it with you because, you know, not everybody wants to throw 120 zombies at someone's face. Not everyone wants to paint and move. And it's a cool strategy. what about the other side what about the skellies what about the grave the grave guard what about the the blood knight so i thought you can kind of give us a spin and take your perspective of the Soul by grave lords
1: yeah of course i mean uh the the beautiful thing about this book is it's uh it's pretty deep right so uh levon runs it uh, a completely drastically different way than i do uh and he's had his successes i've had mine um obviously his his claim to fame was the lvo brought it out there cuz we you know we've all kind of wanted to see it uh, but again nobody really uh wanted to paint as you said nobody wants to paint up a 100, 120 zombies right but uh levon killed it and and uh, i'm i'm stoked that he did really well and he showed a different aspect uh, to the book than than what i've been running so i've learned from him as as i'm hoping he's learned from me so
0: well, it's interesting because everyone, when the Soul Black Gravelords book dropped, everyone talked the theory that was zombies, right? And, um, you know, everyone talked about the, the pile ins and the mortal wounds and coming back, but very few people, when third edition actually hit, went out and ran the zombie lists. They ran the grave guard, they ran the skellies. We started seeing like, all blood Knight list, like literally mm. like a, a hero or, you know, a vaudry or a vampire Lord on zombie dragon. And then all the blood Knights. right? Um, we started seeing people play around with the Bella Dharma and the wolves and you saw Chattica. Um, And obviously the, the title of this episode is Manfred did nothing wrong. One, you shall be very thankful, thankful of Manfred because without Manfred, there was no Age of Sigma. So right. any, any, any Manfred haters out there, you got to thank him for Age of Sigma, or you'd be on rank and flank moving around the board like countercharging and leadership testing. Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, Manny's man, he, man, the silent hand behind the scenes. Uh, uh, who cares about Nagash? Uh, it's all about Manfred, so.
0: Yeah, it's all about the vampires. But look, it's a it's a, such a great book. And, you know, I spoke to Alex, um, you know, on a show, literally, you know, just after 3rd Edition came out. And, you know, there's a lot of great lists. And I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about the Soulblight like, Gravelord's versus legions of the gash because i did play legions of the gash is that in legions of the gash it felt like it forced you down one build and all of the bloodlines never really felt different like you could take Mm -hmm. almost the same list and put it in grand host of the gash legion of night legion of blood and there'd be minor differences at best but i imagine and you correct me if i'm wrong the the build construction between Castellai and Blood and, and all of the, you know, Avengorian are all different and it really does incentivize you and allow you to create some tactically interesting, but also competitive lists.
1: Yeah, no, uh, honestly, so I haven't done delve too, too much into Avangori because, uh, uh, from what I've been reading, I'm sure there's something I haven't seen. Uh, to me, I would rather go Flesh Eater courts if I'm going to be running all the terror guys running around, but I mean, you look at, uh, from Legion of Night, even to Legion of Blood. Your Legion of Night is all about, put nothing on the board, so you're basically playing Geneseo Occult, cults anybody who plays 40k that's in here, put nothing on the board except for a few few heroes. Some of them are coming up from the site. some of them are coming up Board Edge, but you don't know where they're coming from. And then, you know, they have their turn one defensive abilities and whatnot. Uh, and then you look at Legion of Blood, uh, which uh, in my opinion, borderline probably Well, it is the, the tankier um, uh, bloodline in the book, because uh, if you have a vampire around any of your, your death rattle, uh, they, you can't you, you can't run them. Uh, you, mm. they, they ignore negative modifiers, um, but you can positively uh, modify them. So uh, you're constantly having your graveyard or your skeletons on, on a 4 plus save regularly so you're basically running night haunt that hit harder <laughs> really if you think about it um vicrose th- that's your casting sure. um eh, for the most part um that and levon runs Vicros uh with with what he's he's doing because uh, i think that lends a little bit better into into your foot heroes as well uh because they are your casters and then uh, generally what i run uh which is the cast ally, um I've had uh, I've, I've had some pretty good successes of them just uh, running down the board because everything I run for the most part is pretty quick, and uh, y- you pop uh, the command ability and everything's got extra damage and uh, they kill stuff pretty quick. Um, so I mean, you, you look at Vordry alone is is, a, is an absolute animal in the game, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. I mean at Red Harvest uh this year I was playing against uh my buddy Josh. He was running his Lumineth and uh um I tabled him turn two <laughs> with, with this book. Uh so when when we get into what the Blood Knights can do in, in my list, uh uh I'll I'll explain kind of how that happened. But uh there's there's some tricky stuff with them. So uh Castelize my jam and uh yeah and just uh what's uh the person said there it's probably one of the best design written tome in the game um so context for me i, I like to play a lot of techie armies or, or deep armies i would say so um i i played cities of sigmar for years right and uh kind of got over it and then soul blight came out and i was like oh boy uh this is basically that but undead so
0: yes that was that was what i wanted like when i played legions of night at least, well, I, I actually played Legions of Night mostly in the Legions of Nigash, which was very confusing, L-O-N, L-O-N. Um, but when I played it, like, I didn't, like, I really enjoyed the techie piece as well. I love the counterplay style of armies, but I never really felt, yeah, there, there was always some really interesting, like, I never felt I got the same type of tech as cities. And I remember when I, when I got the Soul Blight book from Games Workshop and I was looking at it and obviously it was on the cusp of third edition. So I actually didn't even release a video just because I'm like, Anything I say is on the cusp of second going into third. And what I say now might not actually be really true. And I think when we look at it, again, people were so upset, like, oh, this is not very good. You know, sold by Gravelords didn't really like, didn't really pique anyone's interest and it never became the top army. But now in third, we're starting to see people use it really well. And it does have a lot of tools to respond to the meta. And Blood Knights are great. It's been a long time since Blood Knights were great. But also you're starting to see other art, like things like direwolves and things like all these great little heroes just change the game so much. I remember playing Belladama and I remember just being able to pull off that spell and being able to pull one model out of a bow snake army, right? And you turn that into a wolf, all of a sudden you shut down Unleash Hell. There's so many cool little things like that that I really wish I had when I was playing Legions of the Gash.
1: Yeah. Belladon. there's, so Belladom is absolutely fantastic. Um, I I think, I still think that there's a little bit of legs left in this book of some unknown. Um, I I, I think there's a lot in there. I I truly don't think we see enough Legion of Blood. Um, Well, I've got a question for you coming
0: up in a second. All right. Sweet. But well, Legion of Night, even, I think, you know, a lot of people go Castellai. That seems to be the most popular one. And I'm surprised in the current game with um so much with so much like alpha shooting right now that more people aren't taking Legion of Night to put those heroes or these key troops like Grave Guard. And yes, you've got the grave sites, but I always really enjoyed the
1: flexibility
0: of being able to put things into the grave site and having things come from the board edge that I'm surprised we don't see more Legion of Night than, than there is in the game.
1: So, uh, with, uh, Castellai, we can essentially do the same thing because Blood Knights come in on board edge, like everything else in Legion of Nightwood. Uh, so, uh, uh so the list that I've got, I've got in there, I, I can obviously showcase it, but I mean, a lot of them, uh, you can bring the Blood Knights in board edge and be fine. And they are tanky enough to, to kind of ki- chill around. And then you've got your big heroes. I'm, I'm a big hero guy. I'm not so much a, a, a foot slogger. Uh, but, um. Uh, I think for the most part they should be tanky enough to, to survive or if you or if I get first turn uh, there's enough shenanigans in there where I can get to you pretty quick um, sure. I mean Amethystine pinions is uh, on on uh, either a, a, a zombie dragon or Vordry is absolutely insane uh, or honestly even manfred or Coven throne um, uh, to get the cut co- because Coven throne also moves 14 uh, Manfred moves 16. Uh, so it's it's very easy to get your, your your piece, the one piece that you need to be somewhere with that spell, it's very easy to get it to where it needs to be. So
0: Funny you mention actually the Coven Throne, because that's probably the one, that there's a few models that you don't see very often, at least when I look at second edition versus third edition lists, one of the things that seems to get cut is those wizard wagons, the palaquin, the Coven Throne, and the... Mortars mortis engine, engine. Yeah. all three of them like you rarely see them anymore I don't know if you've got any thoughts on why and I feel like at least when I talk to people it's like I'm always over points and it's the first thing that gets cut
1: um I think that with uh, more specifically with with your mortis engine and your the the palaquin um, I just, I, I don't think they, they offer the utility for, for my opinion. Uh, again, this book is so crazy that, uh, I could very well be wrong. I mean, the Mortis engine dishes out a crap load of mortal wounds. It really does. And it's, it's fairly cheap, but, uh, for me, the Coven throne, it, again, it went down in points, which was also really good. It, it did get cut out of my list and then it went back down in points. So it kind of snuck its way back in. But, uh, what, for me, the Coven throne is, uh, especially in Castellai, it's, it's a big base. And you make it your your general. So then you have Rousing Commander, which from that big base, you've got all that. Uh, don't speak about. All right, I know why you hate it. I'll <laughs> is that, is get that into Yuri? that. You're,
0: you're yeah. from Team Canada as well. Yeah. Like, you,
1: you... I'll get into that in a sec. Uh, but um, it's very good against destruction monsters, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a sec. So um, it, it's a it's a big base. Uh, the Rousing Commander ability uh, is now a bigger aura. Um. And uh, so, I mean, you're getting that buff off where you're getting the extra damage and things count as an extra uh, extra wound. Uh, but uh, the, actually, you know what? Honestly, the, the Coven Throne is a Castle Eye Vampire, so it also benefits from the, the thing as well. And it's got enough attacks in there where those uh, one damage attacks are now becoming two damage attacks. So the, the, the poignards are, are, uh, the, the poignards are uh, I believe it's uh, full profile, eight attacks. Uh, no Ren, but I mean two damage a piece. So I mean those will add up. Um, and then the thing that uh, is almost an auto, almost an auto include for me is uh, the command ability. Um, it's uh, plus one hit wound and save. Uh, so then you put that on Vorjai, which means you don't have to cast Vorjai's spell on himself. So that opens up to you're able to always cast Amethystine Pinions and get Vorjai anywhere on the border he needs to be because then he moves 20 inches um and uh against uh, low bravery armies that spell that the, the the war scroll spell that the coven throne has um I mean it's you, you cast it and it's a low cast value I can't remember off the top of my head i think it's a it's a six um and then you pick a unit you roll 3d6 you beat its bravery that unit can't target or can't yeah that unit can't target the Coven throne in attack but if i constantly tie up that unit with low bravery with my Coven Throne, that unit will never be able to attack if I keep getting the spell off, and I keep yeah. beating the bravery. Uh, it's uh, This is why Yuri hates it, because it's quite good against Gargans. <laughs> so
0: uh i run a lot of low bravery army cities of sigma gloom spike gets uh, gargants like i hate lumineth and i hate anything that ha- has a go at my bravery just a quick clarification and uh the lich king is actually spot on with this legion of blood ignores modifiers on hit and wound rolls not on the save roll so i just quickly booked up the rules and yeah favorite oh, uh, right, retainer is right, yeah is, uh, re- yeah, is uh, ignore uh negative modifiers to hit and wound for melee um uh, still makes obviously good. death rattle yeah i still it's still great but i think just anyone who might think about that um uh, but there was you know there was a good question i said i would go back to in a second it was from tuin asking you know did the tome celestial change the way that you look at like legion of blood because white dwarf did release an update and there are some rules and we'll get to the rules in a minute i want matt's kind of perspective on the rules and you've got a lot to build around even just from an allegiance point let alone a sub allegiance But everybody did get a few extra little benefits from the White Dwarf, and then it seemed like they gave a whole bunch of love to the Legion of Blood in addition, which I thought was really odd. I thought, you know, Legion of Blood and, like I said, um, Avangorian and even um, Legion of Night could have given some benefit. But, you know, did those White Dwarf rules give you any additional, um, uh, like, excitement so like one of them was the unparalleled expertise so you can make your um your vampires either more combaty or more magic-y depending you know it gives you a bunch of
1: boosts yeah uh i mean it plays into uh you can actually play it as as whatever uh kind of style you want so if you're if you love your magic uh you have you know have a reason to maybe actually think about legion of blood um and then uh, you're more combat-y, right? Uh, it, it means that you can take your Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, and uh, a- and not take Forge dry and he can he's he's as, uh, almost as combaty. I mean, nothing will ever be as combat-y as Forge in that list, or in the book. But um, it gives you the reason, and then you can you can save a couple points, and it benefits from Legion ability. So.
0: Yes, yeah, the the other ability, right? Because you can, so for anyone who doesn't know the rule, um, if you, each of your vampire lords, you can either make martial or arcane. If you make it martial, um, it's plus one attack for monster vampires, so your vampire lord on zombie dragon. Or if it's on foot, it would be plus two attacks, which combines really nicely with deadly coordination where you basically double fight um, with a hero and um, like a troop, right? Or something, I can't remember yep. exactly the rule. Uh, or if you take the wizardy side, again, you get plus one to cast if it's a, a monster vampire or it'll be plus two to the cast if it's um, a foot vampire. So it um, does really give you a lot more durability from your hero versus like a necromancer and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it just, it, it, it opens up Legion of Blood to a little bit more play style than just uh, you can't modify my stuff. Uh, which is which is really kind of what it was uh, to me um but uh i mean it it gives you more reason to take a little bit more vampires to make your death rattle uh slightly better right so uh i'll probably still never run, run black knights ever but uh i don't poor think Blood knights, they not black
0: black knights sorry black knights seem to be the other poor cousin here it's like you know remember i remember when like the be 15 Blood Knights, and you spend a CP, and you bring them back, and it just, like, would
1: grind my gears. So, all right. I I, I know we all harp on them a little bit too much. Uh, I think if you have the points, they have a place, because they're only 100 points right now. Um, and you know what? Honestly, it's a thing where it's not terribly bad, because they are fairly quick. They're cavalry. Uh, and if they make their charge, they're doing D3 Mortal Wounds. It's not a bad thing to have. If, if you have a, a few points kicking around, and you don't know what to spend them on. Uh, and you need something quick, uh, there's nothing wrong. I, I mean, look at Lumineth, right? Uh, now you're starting to see that one random unit of Dawn Riders in there uh, because that's just how the points are working out. But they're, they're quick. They can tag objectives. They can do things for you uh, for, for the points. But, I mean, if you got got 100 points, uh, you're looking at, uh, what is it, a 10-inch ten, ten cavalry, 10 wounds, doing mortal wounds on the charge. It's it's fine for 100 points. Uh, I just think there's there's better things to spend some points on uh corpse cart for example but
0: and hey they they there they're, they're as well as a blood uh battle line in legion of blood as well yep. so um look let's elevate the conversation just step back for a second sure. what's what are they good at like if i'm going to play soul blight what are you good at especially when you think about the meta right now
1: so it's crazy. So like, A, uh, and this is just, uh, it has nothing to do with, with the army. This is just the book. Uh, I think you can... Uh, it plays into a lot of different play styles where you can make the switch to it and people are going to enjoy playing it and truthfully the way I see it if you're enjoy, enjoying playing an army you're going to want to learn a little bit more about it and play it better uh, if, if you're having fun with it uh, so if, if you can find something that fits your play style you're, you're going to kill it right uh, my play style is not 120 zombies but Levon enjoyed playing it and he killed it he's, he's kicking ass um, but uh, there's so many different uh, things in this book that so I mean case in point the bringing back summonable is insane uh, it's it's quite good. I mean, the zombies. On when it works,
0: when it works. I played a when game it a, a few weeks ago. And this, my my poor opponent couldn't bring back a single unit. He rolled like nothing but the worst rolls. I, I
1: I've definitely had that. Uh, but I mean, when you're running 60s of something in a in an army, uh, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, Josh Aikens. That was yeah. Yuri had to point out the guy that I tabled and turned to. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um. Zombies are are one of the few battle line, I think, uh, other than uh, some gits or grots where uh, a, your initial block before you even uh, reinforce it, it's uh, it's 20 models and it's only mm. 115 points. So I think it's with this book, it's very easy to 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 have a horde of something but also fill out pieces with, with so like for me for example uh I could fill out my pieces with my big super hitty guys and then so my zombies aren't my my hammer whereas they are with with levon uh mine are more of, a, of an anvil tar pit tie you up with 40 wounds they have the six up save or six up ward sorry uh if I happen to start killing some some one wound models out there because they have the mortal wound uh it is it's a it's a pretty cheap tar pit and mm. I think that's what this army is very good at uh, as as a as a like your first step is is finding your tar pit and uh, then letting your other pieces kind of pick up the slack. So for me, i ha- I generally run a block of forty, 40 zombies, uh, and they're my I hold on to an objective or uh, I auto run them up to their ten inches, and I then I pile in sixteen, uh, and then I happen to get on a shooting. Unit potentially, and they can unleash hell on me now with unleash hell being you know nerfed a little bit. Um, it's not as crazy, uh, but uh, it, it's it's good. It's a very tanky, Tarpity army, is yeah, long story short, is what I'm trying to get at. Because you look at your your vamp anything vampire keyword other than I believe uh, Ratty and uh, and Belladama, uh, they're they're three plus save, your blood knights are a three plus save. Uh, Vordrai three plus save with healing as you kill them. Mo- if you kill a model, you get d3 wounds back. Uh, Vordrai's got once per battle d6 back. Um, and it's just if you don't kill an outright unit, then I'm bringing back d3 models, and then they have a spell to do that. Uh, Emerald Life Sword can st- bring stuff back. Do
0: the heroes so- still heal? Like, does Vamp, does like Manfred and Neferata heal a wounded turn if they kill something? I can't remember uh, got the rule.
1: Yes. Uh, let me, so I've got That's right, right
0: no, I, I can bring it up. You keep talking, but I think, I think the, the point that you're making here yep. is that the army is durable. You have some really good armor saves if you want to go down that path, but you also can go down a big tar pit of wounds. And, you know, from what I've seen both from yourself and other players, it doesn't have to be zombies. If you're someone listening to this going, I don't want to play zombies. I don't like the models. I don't want to move around a blob of 60 that's cool you can still do if you want to do something that's durable you've got your skeletons you can do dire wolves you can do grave guard and i've seen some really good lists where they've gone two blocks of 20 or well, yeah two two blocks of 20 grave guard um if you want to just do a more durable uh tanky kind of you know um, cavalry army you can do multiple units of, of black uh, blood knights mm-hmm. not black knights blood knights um, or you can go down and have multiple Vampire Lord zombies Zombie Dragon with Vaudry. So there's a lot of durability. There's just flexibility on where you pull it from. It's not like there's only one option. Like in City of Sigmar, if I want durability, I've got to go Phoenix Guard. It's my one and only real option.
1: I don't hate on Phoenix Guard one bit. I love them, but yeah. No, uh... but
0: like if, if, if most of my army in cities, right? If most of my army is free guild, I'm not going to be able to synergize very well. If or I've got to pull out other points to in order to synergize, like yep. the Anointed on foot, in order to benefit this unit. But at least all of your army is going to synergize in the uh, the uh, the um, Soul blight.
1: Yeah, so I think that's the, that's the really cool thing about this book. Is it almost seems like almost anything in this book has a place in any list. Um, in my opinion, uh, obviously this is all kind of to neither here or there. But uh, in my opinion, I feel like anything has a list, so or a point in the list. So I can I can sub out my forty zombies for what you said, like Graveguard. Uh, or I can bring a block of, of death rattle Skeletons, which honestly, those things are kind of insane because how they bring back models is on their combat, uh, you roll a dice for each one of them that are dead and then on a four plus, they're coming back. Uh, so you're getting 50% of, on average, you're getting 50% of your losses back. And then if you have a Necromancer that gets off Van Hells, you're getting 75% of your losses back. Uh, so it, it almost forces you Well, it it does. It truly does. It forces you to kill um, the whole unit outright, especially with zombies or anything like that. It forces you to kill them uh, because that army or that unit can very quickly get up to uh, a decent amount of strength where they're going to be an issue again. Um, But then the thing that sucks about it is, if you do get that 5+, plus or 4, depending on what happens, if you get that roll-off, well, that that unit just comes back anyways. (laughs) Yes.
0: And one of the things that I love about the undead is um, it punishes players who love to split their attacks because as a as a player, right, there's always this point in time where I'm like, right, there's a good chance I'm going to overkill these diewolves skeletons. If I don't, if I do, I'm going to waste all these attacks. All about efficiency, right? So I'm going to split my attacks. I'm going to put partial part of them here and then put most of them here. And if you don't get that right, you fail massively because you leave that one or two zombie skeleton, whatever it is on the table. And then you just grow them back. You grow them back. Mm-hmm. And it's that it's a, it's a wonderful, but frustrating. Do I overkill or do I risk underkilling this unit and get punished for it? Yep.
1: So and that's where that's where a cheeky thing of uh, depending on where you pull units from, or 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 a, again you have that one skeleton left, uh, and it has a has a round of combat. Uh, well, the, I'm now rolling nineteen depending on on the side, unit size. But if you bring a block of twenty, uh, and you have. Uh, Team Canada is just ripping don't, into don't, each other. Don't talk
0: right about shit <laughs> talking in the chat. Team Canada is on fire. Uh,
1: but uh, but uh, you have that one skeleton back, and it happens to have a round of combat left because he didn't kill off the unit. And now I'm rolling 19 dice, and I'm getting uh, nine, potentially 10 of them back. And that's an issue. Or you can do a, a cheeky retreat and then start chipping away or chipping yeah. back into into the D3 coming back or rally. <laughs> you could spike a rally. Um, I mean, with with 60 zombies, you kill 40 of them. I'm rolling 40 dice. I'm, I'm getting zombies back and then I'm guaranteed to at least get back another D3. Um, so it, it's, it, you have to kill, you have to overkill them. You really do. Um, because they're going to surprise you uh, how fast they come back. They really, they really will.
0: Yeah, yeah, they definitely punish you if, you if you don't plan out your attack appropriately. So I'm going to bring up the rules in a minute because I'd love your perspective as a player because you have a lot of rules. Into mm-hmm. Normally I can put your rules on a single page and we talk about it. I've got two sets of rules for your use for your allegiance and your sub-allegiance alone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked what you're good at, right? You've got flexibility, your durability, and all that good stuff, right? What aren't you good at? If I'm going in and playing a soul black like grave lords and I'm taking it to a tournament, what are my weaknesses or what are the things that I need to consider in order to protect myself? Like what are the those what are those things that you've noticed?
1: Uh, we have no shooting. <laughs> uh, or we have Crap shooting, uh, or, uh, or low-range low shooting, I should say. Uh, I mean, our best shooting attack is Vordrair or the Zombie Dragon, and that's 9 inches or something like that. Uh, I mean, it's D6 wounds, or D6 damage, but uh, we have no shooting. So we are a, a strictly, for the most part, we're a combat army. Um, so you've got to play it tactically enough where uh, you need to get in on your opponent's shooting uh, in a way where you're going to mitigate your losses, uh, because you have no way of whittling down your opponent shooting uh in at range. Um our our uh, we don't have much or any very little uh damage dealing spells as well. So mm. our our range damage is is minimal at best. Um but uh we do have uh good spells. It's just we don't have the, the range damage. We we just don't. Um so you got to be really mindful about what you're going into and how you're doing it.
0: So how does that play out? I wasn't going to play in this question, but I want to kind of I want to double down that for a second because right now in the current state of the game we are do- being dominated by shooting whether it is long strikes, um, bow snakes, cruel boys, you know, um, lots of things like mm-hmm. you know I can rattle a list of you know the shooters right. One of the power one of the things that you need to be able to do is reach out and touch them because they've normally got a solid screen protecting them right. So how on earth do you handle them and and without the offensive magic, right? Because normally you'd use movement to get into them, um, which is again why I mentioned maybe Legion of Night. Um, you would use spell casting to do damage from range. You would use long range shooting, which we don't we know you don't have. So is that an auto loss if I come up against Lumineth with their sentinels, their long strikes with the uh, you know the the mortal wounds and the double tapping with the holy command once per game?
1: No, it's tough, but I mean, that's where you, that's where you use your, um, you use your zombies. Uh, if you, if you have the ability to, to, to use that 16 inch threat range of, of just being able to pile in and then you tie up that shooting, uh, fantastic. Uh, it works out that way. Uh, with the nerf to unleash hell, it's all about where you charge those, uh, the shooting. Um, and honestly, it, it's, it's, uh, you, you really got to think tactically now of how you use your grave sites. Um, for grave guards, for example, uh, no way in hell I'm putting them on the board. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to bring them up from a grave site uh, and then move them in uh, while the shooting's tied up with something. And and that's where blood knights I think are in my for my list. That's where blood knights are are good is because they do have a decent amount of wounds. Um, they are tanky, uh, where I could uh, I could survive some of the shooting. Um, but uh realistically you're gonna have to potentially sacrifice something um to to eat the unleash hell and and then you move in uh, because they've already used their unleash hell, that's where you, you charge in your secondary charges. Uh but I, honestly that might be where you take a, a random unit of of ten skeletons or or the hundred point black knights, right? Uh I don't care if my black knights die. Uh they can eat the unleash hell um and, and go with it. But uh, sadly, the, the shooting wise that that's just, that's just gonna happen against you. Uh, it, it's it's honestly it's, it's what you keep in reserves and how you deploy. Um, yeah. I mean there, there's a way where you can deploy uh, for far enough away. Um, like I, I've seen or played against where Gargans just kind of deployed way in the back corner and, and just out of range. Uh, but we have the movement that can actually help that, right? And we have the the bringing stuff in on reserves. Where, uh, sure, you can go first. You could try to get your 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 shooting off, uh, or I can use a a, a reserve somewhere uh, off from a gravesite or board edge, uh, and then potentially tie up your 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 shooting guys because they're generally not great in combat.
0: Do you have any advice for me from a gravesite perspective? Because I noticed that's one thing that, look, d- deployment for the average person is always a question like, how do I deploy the most effectively, right? And games can be won and lost purely on deployment. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of questions coming from Team Canada I will bring up in a second. I don't know if they're shitposting you or if they're legitimate questions, but I'll bring them up in a second. But before I get into that, I want to ask you, do you have any advice for me when it comes to the grave sites? Do you have a strategy around being offensive, defensive? Um, I remember when I used to play Soulblight well, Legions, um, I'd have a distance between the deployment zone, right? I'd always measure out. I think it was about about 12 inches away from the deployment zone of my okay. opponent so that, you know, I would always, you know, it was, it was hard for my opponent to block off the 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 radius of the gravesite. I had a couple of plans and just things that i pull out. Do you have any theory or places that you'd put your grave sites
1: so again it really it depends on multiple different things right it depends on your scenario it depends i mean but uh if you want to go easy and you're just beginner and you're having a fun game there's a way where you can deploy your grave sites uh using the 12 inch aura around them where you will always have your deathless minions even if there's no hero around them uh, but I mean, there's always that benefit of having the one grave site in your opponent's territory, uh, where they always have to be thinking about it. Uh, they'll have to pull something away from it uh, to to screen that out. Um, so, um, do you put them
0: more in your opponent's territory, your territory, the
1: center, the flags? I, I, I try. Again, like, I know. Yeah, yeah I, know, I, 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 know I try. Different I try, opponents. Yeah, I try to do. Uh, I, I, I definitely do a lot in no man's land uh a lot of a lot of stuff just happens there um so flanks flanks. yeah middle of the board um i i like to have one in my deployment and i like to have one in my my opponent's uh deployment uh again just to get them thinking about something in the back um but uh i mean there's there's nothing wrong with doing four corners either um and that way, you're you're increasing your range uh, to to always have deathless minions, where you don't always have to have a hero babysitting your your giant tar pit of zombies uh, to keep the deathless. Uh, you'll have a gravesite nearby, so and then the gravesite also helps with healing, brings stuff back, yada yada yada. But um, I I personally like to have to at least sneak one kind of in my opponent's territory to make them think about it. Uh, until I bring all of my reserves in, they're always thinking about that gravesite. And even then, uh, they're always gonna be thinking about it if I roll if I spike that five plus. So it's always gotta be in their mind.
0: Yeah, it always really, like, when you when you sit down to deploy, and I know it's going to be different, right, when you got an Alpha Strike or a very fast army coming at you, where the battle takes place, it's going to be very different to an army that wants to castle up in the back and just shoot you from range, right? So I appreciate that everything, and this is kind of what I want to get out of you because, yes, it is going to be different, but if I'm a Soul Blight player looking for some advice, I'm thinking about where the battle's going to take place. And it's not putting about them all aggressively, all defensively. Um, you know, don't put them all in the center. Think about where it could be, but having some things on the flanks where your bubbles overlap yep. or you've got very generous. I love the psychological element. I always used to have at least one that was quite aggressive as a gravesite. And I never normally had a plan to use it, but it was the psychological. I could bring something up, steal mm-hmm. this objective, I could easily get into X. And the opponent would either never leave it away, leave it alone. And they would always like guard it. And that's just one less thing in combat. Or if they left it alone and there was an opportunity to do something, I'd pull it up.
1: But I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, so in my local area, we got a, a Skaven player, a couple of Skaven players, where I've always, I've played enough against the holes to know that I've got to be, I got to pay attention to that. Yeah, definitely Team Canada's talking a lot of crap to that, to Josh. Yes, Sorry, Josh. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the hole that's always in your back territory, you got to think about it now. You can smash it now. Yes. But in, in second edition, you couldn't. So, I mean, all of a sudden... Nine storm fiends are behind you, and they they, honestly, when nine storm fiends look at something and they're all in range, uh, they're gonna kill it. Uh, So, you gotta think about it uh, because something that you don't want to get behind you can very easily get behind you with just by using a gravesite. And the beauty about the gravesites is is it's not a terrain feature, Uh, it's a token, so you can't smash it, so you have to screen it out. 100%.
0: You can't smash it to rubble. You can't do anything. Um, Do you have, uh, Josh, asking a good question. Do you have any advice for grave sites? Do you have something like, have you converted something from, I don't know, the Sigmarite mausoleum? Have you got a flat token? How do you represent the grave site? Because it is just a point on the battlefield, it's not actually anything
1: yeah so i have uh i have some poker chips that i've just kind of spray painted to kind of look like a gray site uh truthfully just just for for uh the sake of of just your gameplay and the ease of gameplay you should always have something flat in my opinion because uh, that way you're not moving around your your token of like a grave that's sticking up because you can put stuff on top of it and and it won't be affected so i mean just just for the ease and flow of the game and and to know that your grave always going to be there have something flat have a flat token yeah 100 percent
0: I use two things actually I've converted up some 50 mil bases that look like grave sites, but I've also got some flat tokens. So what I'll always do is put the flat token first, then I'll put my little aesthetic type, token and if it ever gets contested someone wants to get on top of it i can easily remove it and there's still the flat clear token so yeah as um, as long as you have
1: yeah as long as you have that flat token that's underneath where your where your gravesite will always stay where where you've put it um then then you're golden i mean uh the way you're doing it is cool thematically and then honestly something that's sticking up from the board it it is also easier for your opponent and yourself to see where they are uh but definitely have something flat for just for ease of game
0: yeah, it, you know, those tokens are really helpful. Um, and maybe one burning question, and I'm going to get to the rules in a second. I really do want you to give me your advice on your rules. But this is a question that comes up a lot because a lot of talking heads are talking about one drops, right? It's the race to the bottom. It's either you are one drop or two drop, as low as you can possibly be, or you don't give a rats and you just have a million drops, whatever you need to be. How important for you is the battle regiment and the one drop um is it a, a game that you're
1: chasing uh so I generally don't uh, because've I'm still in the mindset of, of cities where I never have a one drop ever <laughs> except for my living cities list um so I I've kind of been just I've I'm used to not playing the one drop and deploying in a way that that uh, that I don't need it. Because honestly, I think there's a lot in there where there are some artifacts that you that you would like to have uh, on top of your Arcane Tome. Um, and also, uh, you'll see in one of my lists that I went for um, Warlord, where the extra enhancement that I had was the spells. Because uh, I'm not running a Necromancer, but I'm running Manfred who can run the lore of Necromancer. And there's two spells in there that are absolutely fantastic, especially if you spike the nine plus and we'll get into that one. When-
0: yeah. Well, I'm going to bring up the rules now because yep. I think a team chat, team Canada is asking lots of good questions, but we will eventually get to like two hour mark and actually not actually talked about the rules. <laughs> So, I've got the rules up here, and I thought it'd be easier to do it this way than uh, other ways. I, know I normally have it a little bit bigger, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of rules that you've got. You've got the, you know, the, um, like, there's just so many rules, right? Like, when you look at So Black lords, how, wh- what are the rules at an allegiance level that is most important to you?
1: Um, so, obviously, the one that's super important to me. Uh, I mean, Deathless Minions is, is, is good. I mean, always having a ward save is fantastic. Um, honestly, when Nagash lost it, it really hurt him, uh, not having the Deathless Minions. Uh, and, and it shows that, I mean, that 6-up ward save is quite good, especially on Zombies, where you have no save. Um, uh, the Locus of uh, Shyish is, is good uh now you have to pay attention of, of what you can what you can do with it it's only lore of vampire and only lore of death mages so sadly the the belladama spell where you can bring back a wolf it can't it can't uh, resolve twice but there are some great spells uh and and specifically the ones in lore of death mage that if you resolve twice uh you can actually double down on it on the same unit uh one of them for example is uh is subtracts attack characteristic that's one of the ones that you can you can buff or debuff more than once i believe uh same thing with your um it's not your armor save but and then your hits or whatever but uh, damage as well you can you can really nerf something down with damage uh even if you spread it onto two units um minus one of damage is great on that uh so I, i i love that um I mean, honestly, reanimated horrors, I'm just going to kind of go down the list, but I mean, subtracting anything from bravery, uh, if your opponent really is worried about things running, uh, they're always going to have a command point to, to inspire anyways, uh, so they should be fine, uh, so yeah, I don't like really, the re- I don't play into re- that.
0: Re- re- reanimated horrors is not something, because I guess part of what I, I want to get out of you, right, is that I look at reanimated horrors and go, right, I'm going subtract one to the bravery, Cool. I'm going to double down on that, and I'm going to find an endless spell that creates another modifier to bravery. And I'm going to try to force people to take bravery tests. And you know, now that the game only allows you to do one inspiring presence per battle round, or per turn, um, I'm going to I'm going to force it. You know, a massive massive panic attack and run off the board. Right? That, that, that's an idea. Is yeah. it actually worth exploring in theory and kind of get multiple modifiers in order to make people run?
1: no i mean it, it's all pretty situational again the one that you it's always the one that you want to run they'll spend the command point to keep them around and truthfully if i'm running a boatload of zombies i kind of want your one wound models to stick around so i can turn them into zombies anyways mm-hmm. uh so it's not a big deal uh i wouldn't play into it too much uh truthfully uh again i mean people are just gonna save their command points if, they, if they're uh cognizant of it so um yeah uh, Deadly Coordination, I don't play into it too much. Uh, I know Levon does, uh, but there's very few foot or, or there's very few not uh, monster uh, vampires or, or heroes in the book that um, uh, that you want to be in combat. Uh, so it, it's it's almost irrelevant for me. Um, I imagine.
0: I imagine that is really for your vampire on. If you run a, a unit of grave guard and you have got either a vampire lord on foot or a white king, usually supporting them for the, you know, for the plus one attack from the vampire lord on foot, or is it yep. plus one to hit? Or I can't remember what the white king does. Um, I imagine it's that situation that I might want to use deadly coordination. Outside of that, probably
1: not. Uh, yeah. So the, the white king, uh, it, you reroll hit rolls of one um for your death rattle uh but um i mean it's to me it's it's a bonus it's not something that i would play into um it it, it's cool uh it's kind of luminethy i guess if you want to look at it that way uh but again it's not something that i generally play into because uh levon's absolutely correct um i mean yeah you have your the white king would be really the only one that i would probably put into combat where it'd be uh relevant um truthfully as much as it pains me to say it uh after playing him enough and and uh seeing levon playing him enough uh chadgar he's not great uh he's he's nothing really special his his biggest thing is he brings a unit of, of dire wolves with him i'd rather just mm-hmm. drop i'd rather just drop Rajkar and, and bring a unit of dire wolves, to be honest with you and then fill out the points with something else so um it's it's a bonus uh but it's not um
0: you're not, not building something,
1: around it's, it. It's not something to build around, no. Definitely not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you, you, a lot of your minor heroes are really support pieces. Your Necromancer, your White King, your Vampire Lord on foot. All of those little things are there to be support pieces. Yep. If you want damage, you're looking at your monster heroes. You're looking yeah, I mean... At your, you know, you're...
1: Yeah, if you have your Necromancer in close combat, you've got another you've another problem. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like, that's your last resort. Um,
0: yeah. When... One question I've got for you about grave sites before I move to the other set of rules is, it's the, it's the is it the Chris Rock theory? No, it's, is it the Eddie Murphy? I can't remember the exact comedy show. And it's like, I can drive with my feet. It doesn't make it a good idea. And just because I can put things into the grave site doesn't make it a good idea. So do you always put things into grave sites? How often do you put things into grave sites? Or... Is are you like me where I will hold off some of my summonable units and mess with an opponent because they they try to deploy thinking I'm going to, but I actually don't?
1: I, I mean, again, it, it's pretty situational as well, right? I mean, uh, there's always a benefit of having something in reserve because your opponent has to think, especially with 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 the, the units that are coming from the grave sites. It's not going to be just ten right? Uh, I mean, it's going to be a sizable unit coming up from those. Um, so it's, it's something that you really got to be thinking about. Uh, is it something that's a necessity? No. Um, I mean, the, the benefit of, uh, if you're against a shooting army, uh, you put things in the gravesite or in reserves to not get shot off the board and you bring them in uh, and then you hope for the charge. Um, but, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, a big, giant block of zombies, why would you put them in the gravesite? Um, there, there's something that's on the board that you have to deal with and you have to deal with them quickly um now a giant block of 60 uh zombies coming in from reserves that's a little bit easier to uh to screen out because it's a big big piece of real estate that you can that you can screen out because i mean you, you're only working with a holy within uh 12 and a giant block of 60 zombies is hard to fit in that especially when somebody's trying to trying, trying to uh zone you out of that
0: yeah and i was i remember playing a game recently where i had my mega gargans on the uh you know on the aggressive attack right and i had them in ranges of the um of your gravesite bubble and when you put something into summonable and my opponent at the time was was challenged to go well do i a do i bring a a big block of let's say zombies do i bring them out because you've got restriction you've got to be outside of is it nine of your opponent
1: yeah just like any other deep striking yeah
0: yeah so the challenge there is that with uh if if i if i've got a model on uh or near your 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 objective or your grave site it means you might not be able to bring out your maximum amount of the models so do you a have to delay your turn or b do you bring up a half strength or whatever it might be so you know again i think it's a good question to ask yourself is you know do i put it in at what point what's good is it a low model count is it like 10 direwolves is it bats swarm summonable these days. Uh, the yes. the fell bats.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: So. I... Um.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it really. Again, it depends on the situation. Uh Do I want it to get shot off the board, turn one? No. Then put it in the if you can put it in the gravesite. Uh, then you run that risk of it never potentially not coming up full full strength. Uh, but honestly, I, I see I see a more benefit of of bringing up your grave guard from a gravesite. Uh, because they they can e- definitely easily be shot off the board and uh truthfully they should be uh taken off the board as fast as you can because even a, even if you leave five of them alive they will hurt you um yeah. and then you can you can bring them back but i mean if you have a, a giant block of of 60 zombies nah like they're not they're they are not they they should not be shot off the board turn one they just shouldn't uh and then you could just start bringing them back um so no, I dig it. I agree. Uh, anything else
0: you want to talk about with these set of rules or should you go for the second set?
1: No, I, I think I think this page specifically, uh, a lot of it is just kind of you don't build around it. It's more of a bonus kind of a thing. Uh, but I mean, I mean, the, the huge one is Deathless Minions. You don't have to build around it because you have it. <laughs> so uh, Locus and, and Deathless are, are, are two fantastic uh, rules. The other ones are just kind of like if they happen, they happen
0: yeah i think the the difference well is locust is now modifiable right where pe- previously in legions it was an unmodified nine plus or ten it was um now it's you can modify it right uh, It's it's just a nine up
1: uh it just says nine plus uh, let me double check though i have always kind of played it as a because we don't have too much modifier for casting anyways to be honest with you no, But if you're, you're like, like an probably, arcane piece
0: of terrain for example yep. like boom you've got yourself uh, an
1: eight plus uh, no, sorry, it, it's non-modified. It's unmodified.
0: It's it's unmodified. Cool. Yep. I, I I I didn't remember dropping from that. I'm like, wait a second.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you, you had me thinking there for a second, but no. Or poor cool, yeah, Gash,
0: is. just be like doing six up double spell. cards.
1: Uh, and I thought, well, yeah, yeah, he kept plus three, right? Like,
0: yeah. Um. Anyway, and obviously you know the corpse cart and things like that too. You got your other set of rules, which is obviously your deathless invocation, your uh, you know, your endless legions, your might of the crimson keep. Uh, and shifting keep. And two of those obviously are your sub allegiance for Castellai, which in a minute we're actually going to show off two of your lists. So the reason why Castellai rules there is because obviously that's the context of what we're going to show off. So
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Deathly Invocation is just it's it's just fantastic, period. Uh again, it's not it's not something that you need to build around because if you have heroes in your army, it's going to happen. And generally you're going to have more than one of these things. Uh, because there are no heroes that aren't one of these things. Uh, so, I mean, that's just things that it just brings back D3 wounds allocated to a summonable unit. And other than uh, bats and direwolves, you're just bringing back D3 bases. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I don't you, see. Yeah.
0: Are you thinking about single wound models with this? Are you thinking about multi wound? Because I guess the challenge with dire wolves having was it two wounds a piece or, you know, it can be quite hard to bring things back.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, but it's on a on a, a three plus. You're getting one base back. Uh, again, there's nothing wrong with, with getting a full base of something back. Um, it, it's 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 de- uh, it's it's definitely um, it benefits um, your. Uh, your one moon models, period. I mean, yeah. but uh, again, the bonus is it's going to happen anyways. Uh, so you try to roll it for the wolves, and if it happens, it happens. And it's fantastic because then you now have a, a two wound wolf with a five up save and a six up ward back, and back that they have to deal with. And that's going back to my previous point where um, summonable units in this army, if you don't kill them off outright, they can come back to a decent strength fairly quickly so
0: so does that mean summonable units have more value to you than unsummonable units just thinking about again the gravesite stuff the regeneration stuff you know a lot of these things are keyworded or locked to summonable does that play any anything to your list building
1: um so i generally try to have a block of something uh like a giant block of so, so zombies skeletons or graveyard uh and they're summonable so so that just kind of it just kind of works out that the that the things that i want to have a big block of something of are summonable right so um yeah i mean i, I truthfully just the, the real estate that you can have the amount of wounds that you can have for the amount of points that you can have or that you have to spend uh it's it's always coming Sorry, it's always coming from a summonable unit, and uh, I think you should always have at least one giant unit of them, or a couple units of them, because again, there's always that chance of you spike the five plus or four plus or whatever, depending on how many units you kill. Then that unit's coming back half strength, and it's like, oh shit, I now have to deal with it. Um, it's it's it just it's always something that's got to be on your opponent's mind because you spike it, half the units coming back, uh, either thirty zombies or. or 15 skeletons 10 graveguard because 10 graveguard are gonna hurt you um so yeah and
0: and like and ramon's made the exact point that i wanted to kind of i'm just trying to get you to explain about if i'm at a decision point and i'm like right i want some cavalry and i either got a black knights b blood knights one of them summonable one is not of them you know does being summonable make one more attractive than running over blood knights right you know just and obviously the, the armor save and there's other things that kind of make blood knights more appealing but would that summonable keyword go oh actually wait a second when i think about it i'm running a mortarch. i'm running a bunch of like x y and z now i've got you know some some summonable cavalry that could be better than blood knight
1: uh no for that example specifically no uh blood knights are just hands down way better uh i mean you got the wound sink and and so generally the things that aren't summonable they're much harder to kill so it kind of just kind of goes hand in hand of, of of you look at the stats and and what you how you buff them as opposed to um uh playing into the deathly invocation um Uh, Again, I mean your Necromancer and your and your Vampire Lord on foot that gives the extra attack uh, that only plays into summonable units. So if you're running a couple of those guys, then you probably should have at least one summonable unit that you can benefit from, right? So, yeah.
0: What about Endless Legion? Do you how do you think about Endless Legion in regards to bringing back that destroyed again
1: summonable unit? great i mean anything that that can bring back a unit uh on a roll i mean yeah it's a roll so chances it doesn't happen it doesn't always happen if it does it's fantastic uh but the thing that's great about especially the list that i've got in there uh is there are units in in those lists that can very easily uh kill a unit of something and then you buff that Plus, so that your roll is now plus one, right? So, uh, plus one, plus or uh, plus four, four plus, three plus. Uh, you can you can reliably kind of get to that point with with a with a heavy hitting army. Um, so again, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a bonus because uh, being always being able to bring something back, uh, or or summon things, uh, in in the game, uh, it just maximizes your points, right? so uh having a 2000 point army uh with endless legions there are you, i mean there's a chance uh, depending on what you're what you're bringing back but we, what you do bring back i mean you're then bringing back more points than what you have put into the army so i mean and then they have to spend resources to kill them again so
0: yeah levon actually asked a really good question because um i don't see a lot of this unit on the table probably something that I probably know why I didn't run them. Um, they kind of frustrated the hell out of me, but Vargeist seem to be something that not a lot of people run and they've got an interesting rule with the fact that they are a null deploy. So instead of putting them on the table, they can be basically flying in the sky and you drop them down very similar to a summonable unit. Do you have any thoughts on Vargeist in legions, Sorry, in in Soulblight in general?
1: Uh, I think they're fantastic in Legion of Blood. Um, or, sorry, uh, Legion of Night. So many Legions, guys. Uh, but uh, uh, Legion... Line. Yeah, because they're battle line, right? And anything that you can uh, pick up that battle line spot and then potentially bring in a couple of elite units in there, they're fantastic. They have a boatload of attacks. Uh, and again, the deep striking is good in them. Uh, their save isn't great. Um, so uh, it's it's... I mean, it's a terrible example to, to kind of compare them to, but it's almost like the Fulminator thing, right, where uh, if they get into combat and don't kill what they kill, that's going to kill <laughs> your vargeist. They're,
0: they're a glass cannon, yes. Yep. 100% they are not Fulminators. People do not go on the internet right now and go yeah, and order, don't do like, that. five boxes of Vargeist. Please don't, no. because they hit on threes, wound on threes, they're exploding sixes, so you get an extra attack if you roll a six to hit but they're only ran one for two damage, five up armor save, with they four wounds apiece? They are, and when I ran Legion of Night, um, one of my challenges when they come in from nine and they don't hit the charge, how do I guarantee that charge? And I know from my time, again, this is Legion of Night uh, from the old book, I ended up swapping out Vargeist for Morgast harbinger for the 3d6 charge which now unfortunately is no longer in your book it's an uh, it's an Ossiarch model but um i found that if i want to guarantee that charge i'm gonna need to babysit them something that can re-roll the charge something can give them a boost um they could be quite good to kind of steal home objectives score battle tactics like you know uh, being in the opponent's territory and things like yep. that that I, I probably wouldn't over-invest in old VAR, guys.
1: No, I mean, at 155 points, uh, that can die that quick. Again, it's one of those things that if, if they don't get in, uh, if they, or if they don't kill what, what they get in on, uh, they're in for a, a hard time. And uh, sadly, it's one of the few, if uh, on the top of my head, I think it might be the only vampire unit with vampire keyword that doesn't benefit from the hunger, where if they kill a model, they don't get D3 wounds back.
0: No, they don't. No. The the only rule is the, uh, the exploding sixes. They can fly. They do have a champion, which, which is good because that that means they can reroll their own charge. Um, and they've got the deathly descent. So, sorry, that's the flying and kind of drop down, um, outside of nine inches and they have to be down by the fourth battle round. So no, they don't have the hunger.
1: Yeah. But I would almost say, I mean, the deep streaks all well and good to, to maybe tag a couple back objectives on them. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if you if you hide them behind things, line of sight. If you're not against sentinels, um, uh, they're fast enough where they can get to be uh, get to to where they need to be to potentially make that charge not a nine plus, right? So, mm. I mean, they're twelve 12 inch with fly, so uh, I mean, they they can they can they can scoot up the board pretty quick. So, uh, I was, was
0: going to ask you, like, would they be a good option to if more and more people are going? Again, long strikes, bow snakes, you know, just shooty, shooty mortal wound. um, And you don't want them popping wounds into, again, your Blood Knights, your Vampire Lord, your Manfred, you know, all those things. Would they be a good option maybe to come down and and get into those shooty units? Or do you think there's too much
1: at risk? I think think that's too many points to do that with. Uh, It's 155 points uh when you have fell bats that are 75 points, 14 inch move,
0: that's exactly what I would do. I think competing for that role alone, I'd rather just var uh, the, the the fell bats cheaper um, they're not bad aligned as well, which is great. They can run up the board and they're summonable so if they die you can try to bring them back. Um, mm. and you can pull them out of grain sites. They obviously can't burn a command point themselves, but yeah I, I would argue that the fell bats are just superior for that particular role.
1: Yep, and then I mean they have retreat and charge. Uh, so I mean, if if they've already tied up something shooting to to the point where you can get uh, uh, a melee uh, like your Grave Guard or your Blood Knights in there without eating an Unleash Hell, then they can retreat out and then charge something else and tie them up. Uh, and again, it's seventy five points. And for seventy five points, you're getting nine wounds. Not great, but I mean, for nine wounds for seventy five points is fine with me. <laughs> so
0: versus what 150 for 12 to get three Vargeist. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um did we talk about the unique dead? Um yeah we kind of did. Is there anything else you'd want to add to that for um Thorby the newbie? Uh
1: sorry, which one the grave
0: that was the gravesite stuff. I think yeah I think we kinda already talked about that if you happen to miss it. Like there wasn't like I think it it really depends on the, the battle plan, the opponent um, what what you're planning to do and what type of units you're taking, I think that's the key, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's again, it, it's all about how you de- it's how you deploy your army. You've also got to think about how you deploy your gravesites. Uh, treat treat your gravesite tokens as a as a as a as a unit in your army. Uh, deploy them in a way where they're going to be effective uh, for for your scenario. I always like the
0: psychological threat as well. And I try to put down uh, uh, those summonable to- those um, grave sites close so it might appear like I alpha strike or I'm going to steal a, a home objective. And I find that psychologically does more for me than um, actually what I pop out of the board. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that need to go right, especially with nine inches and screening and <laughs> things like that. But talk to me about Castellai. What drew you to the Castellai um, bloodline?
1: So uh, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I love Vordry, Uh So I kind of just went and said, "Well, Vordrai, he gets he benefits from everything Castleville, which could or should only make him better." Uh, but the more you dive deep into it, uh, you start thinking about you look at uh, your uh, your command rates uh, and uh, kind of your your artifacts. They're not the greatest artifacts, but there's some in there that are that are fun to to play around with. But uh, the biggest thing is is the might of the Crimson Keep um you you start looking at what you want to kill and then uh what as you kill things with your with your castle of vampires uh they gain a buff for the rest of the game Uh, i mean obviously you want to look at the the add one to damage when you kill uh a hero or monster uh those are always fun um but uh i mean add one to the wound characteristic Uh, For the unit, uh, that when you kill a unit that has uh, three or more wounds, so you look at your elite kind of a thing. uh, Well, then you're looking at your your unit of Blood Knights. uh, If if it's still at full strength, you you, you're now looking at 20 wounds you got to chew through, uh, as opposed to 15. Right, so that can stack up pretty well. Uh, And then honestly, if you just kill anything else, it's just kind of like battle line. uh, You you get that's where you get your charge modifiers uh you get plus two to your run and charge so plus two to charge as we all know is 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 a big deal um it's pretty fun so
0: cool what what about the shifting keep like um if i'm going to run castellai, should I always take a unit of blood knights given that I can put them into reserve and then come from the table edge so long it's within six inches of the table edge outside of nine so is that like for... a, I, I i should take it
1: uh so for this this isn't the reason why you always take blood knights uh now obviously you're the thing that uh, they are battle lines so i I mean it always benefits from that uh might of the crimson keep is is honestly the reason why you take blood knights because in as you do things with them you can buff them uh and the command trait that we're going to talk to later uh it'll make them a little bit more killy than than what they are uh but i mean it's definitely a bonus when you're against a shooting army and you want to keep a couple blood knights alive a little bit longer uh bringing again bringing things in reserve that, that you're looking at the psychological again um, where are these blood knights going to come in right uh if if you're a one drop uh and then as you put things down um i won't put my blood knights down first uh so then i'll 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 gauge in what you do your first drop um if if you can if I don't need to put them down then I, I'm not using the reserves. But you're always going to be thinking about when you're deploying those things about those reserves. You have to. Yeah, I
0: always I always like again going back to my Legion of Night experience. Same thing. You hold off those those units right till the very end. You don't do it at the start when you yep. have your Blood Knights. You declare it at the very end and you drag it out and you see how your opponent is going to respond. Do you, did you notice a behavioral change? Like when you say, right, I'm going to, I've got this unit that could go into reserve. Do you find them just deploy as normal? Do you find they stretch out? Do you try to find them, try to like zone out and kind of deny as much of the board as possible? What, what, what do you find?
1: Well, I mean, generally there there's, I think the, the question that will always be asked to you at a competitive tournament is, do you have any sort of reserves or deep striking? Uh, because then people are obviously going to think about that when they're deploying or moving around the board. Um, so I, I think, I think it's, it's a great play, uh, to make your opponent always think about it. Um, now for me, I'm, uh, the list, I think both of them that I have, I'm running, uh, three units of five. Uh, right, let's, let's just bring up the list. Let's, let's yeah,
0: keep, yeah, not, sure. not dance around it. Let's just get into the list. So, this is the first list that you wanted to talk about. And I really want, to, like, despite the title of the video being Manfred Did Nothing Wrong, we've really actually not talked a lot about Manfred, which I think definitely deserves a discussion because it also ties into this movement shenanigans that we're talking about with Blood Knights. But, right, um, the first list you've got is Manfred, you've got Double Spell, Fading Vigor, Decrepify. The, you got Prince V uh, Vordrye with with pinions and vile transference. Your White King on steed. I love that model. Can can me you too. buy it yet individually, or is it was it locked into that
1: box? Uh, I think it's just locked in the box right now. Yeah,
0: man, that was such a good model. I remember. Reminds me of the olden uh, White King on steed. But
1: it's it's a um, great box. It's a great box if you want Graveguard. So and Hex Race. <laughs>
0: Yeah, d- uh, yeah. <laughs> uh you've got Rousing Command, Rousing Commander as the command trait, Arcane Tome as the artifact, and then um, you'll notice actually what I really like is you've gone the additional enhancements. So all three of them have double spell. If anyone's wondering, uh Uranus Adventure is telling me it's still in the start collecting box, which is a real shame. It's a great model. Um, as someone who's already got a million death rattle models, I don't need more. Um, and you've also got 20 Graveguard, uh, two, three units of Blood Knights, a Corpse Kite with the Unholy Lodestone, Emerald Life Swarm wrapped up with Hunters and the Warlord Battalion. Um, coming in at eight drops. So we talked a little bit about, you know, do I want to go one drop? Well, first off, you've gone, no, nah, we'll go eight. Yep. So talk to me through this list, and I really want to spend some time on Manfred because, as Jason Tipping has said, indeed he has done nothing wrong. I mean, Although He said he's did done nothing,
1: nothing but... Yep. He's technically done nothing wrong. I mean, he just kind of steered things in the direction that he needs them to be in. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I'll just finish my thought about the Blood Knights uh, being in reserve because uh, if I don't, I'll forget about it. Uh, but I mean, if you if you have if you have a unit of, or three units of them, uh, it wouldn't hurt to have one in, in, in reserves to kind of mess with it. Um, but. I mean, again, you don't always have to, but it, again, we're talking about psychological. Uh, if if I'm going to force you to spread out your, your deployment more than than you normally would, if you're a castle army, elite castle army, and you're worried about my deep striking, then, uh, well, eh, there we go. Um, yeah. All right. So, so
0: I, I, I actually didn't realize you, had, you hadn't finished your comment on the... On the no, no, it's tonight, all good. But let's talk this list. I'm okay. very excited.
1: So... Um... Manfred okay so we haven't talked about Manfred so I'll get into this guy right now um, truthfully uh, I don't have him in the the other list but this one I think manfred uh, is the best war scroll in the book uh, could be com- com- uh, could compete with Prince Vordry, Uh but Manfred offers so much because he's a Mortarch uh, so he will bring lore of death mages where you can put him in the middle of something uh, and because he is tanky, he can get those debuffs off where a Necromancer, you don't want to put them where they are and it's kind of like uh, because I've played enough Nighthaunt to know uh, you don't want any of those wizards to be anywhere <laughs> to, to get those debuffs off which is shame uh, mm-hmm. but Manfred allows you to do that and he can cast two spells um, so uh, Fading Vigor um or is it here? Uh da, 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 da. yeah, fading vigor is uh uh it's it's subtract one from attack characteristic. And again, if you spike that nine plus, that's one where you can actually subtract two from attack characteristic. Uh if you spike that. So again, that's pretty crippling into what you throw him into. Um a gargant, for example, every single one of their their uh attacks is minus two. Uh and then another one is decrepify. Uh you can you can spike the the nine plus. Uh, but, uh, the minus one to wound, uh, won't stack because you just can't stack that one, but you can subtract damage twice, uh, which again, kind of nerfs, uh, the hell out of, a uh, a, a killy boy. Um, and Manfred can cast both of those and he's fast enough where I, what does he do? 16 inches when he's not degraded, which is kind of, kind of dumb. Um, yeah, he's, he's movement 16, uh, which is kind of nuts. Uh, again, like a regular vampire, uh, he's three plus save, so tanky um, and he ignores the first wound or mortal wound uh, that hits him uh, in each yes. phase in each phase, not a, for for the turn. So he can ignore a shot on on uh, uh, on it in the shooting. he can ignore it uh, as a spell uh, so that's, that's a it, good time.
0: And if long strikes or bow snakes are shooting you in the hero phase, guess what? that's one wound that you can also save as well. So yep. between the ward as well as you know um, the the armor of Templehof, um, I always love that rule and the ability to then heal up later on.
1: Exactly, um, and then I mean he's got. Uh, um... Uh, the Sword of Unholy Power. So if you have any, on, uh, if he kills a model with that sword, if you keep him into close combat, which is the next rule that I'm going to get into, uh, if he kills uh, a model with it, that's where you can get your plus one to attack characteristic of of a, of a summonable unit. So now the Graveguards that are in this, uh, because Manfred kills one model, and if you strategically put him into something where you're probably going to do that, uh, then he's giving that buff out uh, just by killing something. Uh, but what makes Manfred, in my opinion, so good Is he should never die in combat, um, because uh, he very well potentially should never could never be in combat. Um, so at the start of the combat phase, uh, the if the if he's in combat, so if he's within enemy unit of three inches, you can just teleport him anywhere on the board outside of nine, um. Now, where some shenanigans happen with Manfred is you make your charge, you do your monstrous action, teleport out, but because he's made a charge, he can still pile in three inches from where he lands on the board. So you can sneak an objective somewhere in there from him because he's a monster, so he'll count as five wounds.
0: When when do you teleport out of combat versus when do you stay into combat? Because he's not too bad in combat. Like, he's got a decent profile. He's got a couple of, like, Ren 2 attacks and he's got a 3-up armor save. He, he's he's decent enough, and as you said, he heals as well. Um, and, you know, to Robert's point, yeah, look, he might die to Thunder, thunder stri- Strike Volley. Um, I guess it depends on how many sixes they're spiking at the two mortal wounds, right? But he's yeah. got a good, he's got a good chance of surviving. But you know, if 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 your long strike opponent has six and they shoot in the hero phase and then shoot in the shooting phase, there is a chance that he'll die.
1: Uh, like, probably a good
0: chance he'll die.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like what, what like what we said before at the beginning of this is is uh, the weakness of this army is always going to be shooting regardless. Uh, yeah. So it's just like. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, kind of give him that shot. But Manfred might also be one of those guys that uh, if he if he survives unleash shell with unleash shell being nerfed as they are, uh, he'll be the one to eat your unleash shell and then keep him into combat uh, with with the the shooting uh, unit because generally the shooting unit doesn't hit that hard. Uh, so he'll he can tie up something and then honestly, when when he's about to die uh, from that, then you teleport him out and heal him.
0: And you probably wouldn't mind him dying compared to like you'd probably prefer Prince Vordry stay on the table than Manfred,
1: right? In this army, yeah, uh, yeah, in this, Man- in this in this list, yep, Yeah, because uh, because Manfred doesn't benefit from the Castle Lebus. Uh so uh, he can kind of just be off on his own where he doesn't need to be. I don't have to be mindful of the the aura around him uh, from the White King, um, but I mean, like he's all he's. He's just a thing where he he will be if you need him to be somewhere he'll be there. Uh, you could you you make your charge you just throw him up the board if you need him to be somewhere else that's all the way across the board you throw him up his sixteen inches or whatever he moves at the if he's degraded you charge him in and then you tell him pour him out and Bob's your uncle he's across the board, um, and then now he can you start thinking about he can use uh, vigor of Undeath uh, in the next hero phase where he's adding one to hit and wound rolls for a uh, unit. Uh, as a command ability. Yeah. So he, he's another, he's something that you would swap out with your with your Coven Throne. Yeah, he's more points, but he kind of does the same thing minus the plus one to save. Uh, so you can put Vigor of Undeath on Vordry and then again, not have to worry about casting this, his war scroll spell to give him the exact same thing.
0: And he will benefit from his own command ability, right? The Vigor, of, although it's not even, yeah, his command ability, Vigor of Undeath. He'll benefit because it's just friendly soul blight within twelve yep. within 12. Yeah, he could
1: yeah, he can cast it on himself. It doesn't say the uh, another unit, uh which uh which was uh what Vorgi's does specifically say that he, another unit will another hero uh will fight in the hero phase if you use the command ability, not Vordry. Uh but yeah, no, he could definitely benefit from himself.
0: Yeah, I think the challenge, and like Levana's mentioned, it took me a while to learn how to get the most out of Manfred. Um, and he is very much a utility piece. You know, he's a jack of all trade, master of none. He plays like he, he reads in the law when you read him. You know, he is not a vampire lord on Zombie Dragon or Prince Vordra. You don't go up the middle of the board and try to find the juiciest targets. And Manfred is all about in the law sneak attacking, finding the weak points. And When I get Manfred into combat, that's where I like to put him as opposed to being that Vampire Lord or Prince Vordry, right? So I think you've got to have that mindset to get the most out of him because he's got a really good buff aura. He's a good caster. He can fight in combat, but he also has the ability, as you mentioned, to teleport shenanigans and other things. So if you want utility, he's great, but he is competing against other combat monsters it could be a terror geist. it could be uh you know another vampire lord or whatever it might be
1: yeah but i mean that's uh, again it, it's exactly right though you, you throw him into the things it's like what manford is in the like in the lore uh manford's the guy that uh he'll go where he needs to be when he knows he has the chance of winning or he'll probably win because he's a sneaky sneaky boy so no hmm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw him uh, into into a unit of well, uh, for example, I'm not going to throw him into a unit of wardens. Uh, the wardens will hurt him uh, pretty badly because mortal wounds hurt him. Uh, but uh, another thing that I'll use from if you're if you're rocking iron jaws on me, Manfred's my screen uh, because I'll stop your I'll stop uh, potentially I'll stop a charge from your uh, from your and you're throwing all the buffs on the malcrusher in that one battle round and uh, see ya. I'm going to teleport out and you can't use that now um to it he, go ahead. keep going oh yeah uh i mean like he's he's not he's he's not a bad screen in in some instances as well where you can put him in, in between something uh because again as i said he should never die in combat um yeah
0: To and asking an interesting question and I have a thought and I would I would answer it as no like would I ever run double Mortar in a competitive and by the way like every everything we've said here folks is about getting the most efficiency out of the list if you have some some narrative or if you love these models or they're your favorite kits and you want to run Nephi and Manny absolutely you do you whatever it is right but from a pure competitive point of view would you ever run a double Mortar I would say no because I still need that combat threat monster type thing, and whether it's a Prince Vordry or a like, I, I need bodies and I need something combatty. Yep. And they both they both are too many points, and I lose too much. Yeah, are neither
1: neither Mortark or your hammer, uh, they're just not as much as as you know they're, they're monsters, and you think they might be, they're not. Uh, both of them are utility pieces. Uh, yeah. they're fantastic utility pieces at uh under 400 points um but because uh manny's 380 and neferata is so three and a half or something like that um i wouldn't do it uh because then you're're you're, you're just you're throwing points away into, into two things where you can put the same amount of points or slightly more into something that will just say uh you pointed at it and it'll kill it right um yeah, I mean neferata has got her, her shenanigans, uh, where she's got a little pointy dagger and on a five plus it'll just auto-kill a hero. Cool. Um, but no, I think I think you're 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 losing out if you bring both of them. So Yeah.
0: I'm curious to hear your thoughts on um Prince Vordra. Is there anything else you want to add with Manny? I think you're right. Like I agree with you. He, I see him as a utility piece. I don't see him as my primary combat monster. I'm not seeing him as he's not, um, no. one of my one of my threat pieces. I want to have at least three threat pieces that can kill things. Yeah, yeah. His Manfred his threat his support. threat
1: is the debuffs and the buffing into something else. So he, I mean, he, the spells that he can take, the necromancer spell lore is fantastic, uh, by far better than the vampire spell lore, in my opinion. Uh, so he's got the debuffs, and he can cast both of them, and then get out of dodge. Um, so yeah, uh, he's, he's not your hammer. He's just, he's your buff slash debuff piece. hundred percent.
0: What about Vaudry? Because I have never been a fan of Vaudry. I've always preferred the vampire Lord on zombie dragon because it gives me the customization. I've always enjoyed giving it a command, um, command trait, an artifact. I I always preferred that over the named character. So, So what's the, what's the argument for Prince V?
1: So Prince V is guaranteed he's, he's not as swingy as your vampire Lord on, on zombie dragon. Um, and in castle, eye uh, castle, uh, castle's um, uh, artifacts aren't the greatest, to be honest with you. Uh, it'll, it'll be nothing to really buff the damage and, and whatnot for them. Um, it, but, uh, Vordry is guaranteed damage. You don't need to put extra things into him, and then you can put rousing commander on something else, um. Yeah, he's just he's just a, he's just he's good. Uh, and honestly, if you if you do pair him off with, uh, uh if you do pair him off with a uh, another vampire lord on zombie dragon, because realistically in in castle, a you can do that. His command ability will allow that vampire lord on zombie dragon to fight in the hero phase. Uh, which, I mean, you're losing the the, the buff uh, or the buff from the charge, but I mean, the dragon can still snap at you pretty good so it's not a bad thing to have in the hero phase um he's also super tanky uh so uh he he has a once per battle you can bring back d or you can heal d6 wounds uh which is definitely always, always really good uh his uh his lance on the charge does more damage than the lance on a vampire lord on zombie dragon um
0: who in this list would benefit from the fist of Nagash because the fist of Nagash, correct me if I'm wrong, is another hero. So it's not a self buff. It's, it's another, it's another soul blight hero that's within combat. Cause I imagine at least in my mind, I'd be running Prince V and a vampire Lord on zombie dragon. And by the way, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm questioning you because I'm sure people listening to this are thinking about the decision tree, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it might be not something that you really want to build around you know because it's a cool rule be able to fight uh if you're within co- if you're in you know in the hero phase you can fight in the hero phase but obviously he doesn't buff himself and we've already just talked about manfred not being the best combat hero yeah
1: in this list fist and a gash i mean you would just save your command point to be honest with you um uh Soulbite, hero i, I... I don't understand uh, the chat that just came up on there, where it wouldn't benefit That's right. Vampire Lord and I, Zombie I, Dragon. But
0: I guess, I guess, if you're going to run Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon with the Fist of Nagash and your Prince V, you'd have to run them close because you know being holy within twelve on the the base size of the of the it means they're running really as a tag mm-hmm. team. Um, I mean, yeah, you could run Chatterer and things like that as well. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, again, this command ability—it's—it's a—it's more of a bonus, like a lot of other things. Uh, it would—it would work well with Rajkar, uh but um, I personally—and this is just completely uh, personal preference—I don't like Rajkar for—for uh, for what he brings to the table. Um, but I—I uh, I think just Vordry is—is is more reliable damage um on the charge um yeah. yeah uh that's just what it is and then he benefits from from your castle buffs as well so the second you get your uh uh to damage on that then his lances on the charge are uh what are they neg three ren five damage which is fun um yeah so
0: no no and, and and you know obviously people can do whatever they want right mm-hmm. because you know white dwarf did give you some za- zombie dragon mount traits you know and some of them are okay like I wouldn't I wouldn't drop prince vordrive for a mount trait on its own um there's pros and cons obviously and in Castellai, yeah you're right the keyword bingo definitely benefits ca- more but maybe maybe it's cuz I don't play Castellai. I don't see the value in prince v but what you've just said shared so far, absolutely. I can hear it. And I think that's probably one thing I've noticed from the vampire Lord on zombie dragon is it's probably a bit swingy when it's in combat. Like it's good, but there's a lot of things I can't
1: rely on. Yeah. And then honestly, another thing that Vorgi really brings to the table is he, he counts as, as the general in A yes. as well. Um, uh, there we go. Adam just said it, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he counts as a general as well. So I mean, that's that's another thing where if you if you snipe out your hero that's got uh, Rousing Commander, even though by the time he's dead, you should have already used it at that point. Um, you will still get your command point from him for being a general. So yeah, I mean, he's he's just he's just honestly he's just an all around beat stick, and he's he's one points more than a vampire lord on zombie dragon so i mean generally for the most part you would probably have that 20 points to spend uh for a little bit more reliable damage and reliable keeping a general in your army um so 20 points to keep getting that extra command point is worth it in my opinion as well so
0: what are the rest of the list how's the rest work
1: um uh so, uh, in terms of just like a, a hero to keep up, uh, I, I, the White King on Skeletal Steed, uh, he's just a fast boy. Uh, he's 14 inches, he's, he also has the uh, the 3 plus uh, save, uh, and he's also got the command point, or the command ability to help out my Graveguard. Um, and he's the biggest base that I could fit in this army, uh, to, to have Rousing Commander be as big as I possibly can um and i've given him the arcane tome just to kind of be another delivery system of your emerald life swarm uh which will i mean you throw it on either Vordry, manfred i mean you put it on anything and then it, your your tankier things are now gaining more wounds back so you're getting it's just it's just a delivery system um and he's also just a buff piece for the the, the graveguard really uh and he's 130 points. Beefy little fast boy, so and it's a beautiful model. So, (laughs) there you go.
0: You know, it's interesting because, um, you often see the grave guard paired with, um, as I mentioned, you know, um, the vampire lord on foot because he gives you the plus one attack, making you know, grave guard a real blender. Um, so I imagine you got some thoughts there. And you know, rousing commander is once per battle at the start of the combat phase. Uh, if you do so until the end of the phase, the Castellai Vampire unit wholly within twelve of the general will benefit from the bloodied strength and stolen vitality from the might of the Crimson Keep. So,
1: yeah, so so that's the one. I mean, the one that is is key in that is is the first one. Uh, we're we're for that combat phase. Uh, life Vampires gain plus to their damage. So again, that makes Vordry, if if he's within range. But Vorjai is already hitting pretty hard anyways. But now yeah. you're looking at. Uh, you're looking at your Blood Knights uh, on the charge, now three damage apiece. Uh, instead of... Um, so they have their extra... And they also have extra wounds, so they can they can stick into combat a little bit easier. Um, sadly, I mean, it, Blood Knights, the, the rend hurts them, but uh, always having that extra damage on uh, 15 attacks... Uh, or sorry, uh, 14 attacks, because the leader gets an extra attack uh those those will add up because i mean they're they're an elite unit they're threes and threes uh three damage on the charge and uh if you get all in this list all 15 within that aura into something it's going to do work um and then chances are uh it will gain from a buff somewhere um uh depending on what you kill um, but realistically you could throw two units of them into a, in, into a hero or one unit of them into a hero, and then they'll get the, the damage buff because second you kill a hero, even if it's a foot soldier or foot hero. Um, but yeah, Rousing commander is, is sadly it's only once per battle, but I understand why, because it's quite good. Uh, yeah. But uh, if you can, if you can castle around that aura, which is why I prefer it to be on a bigger base. And you'll see that in the next list. Uh, then uh, the damage multiplier is nuts so um this that command ability or the command trait alone uh is the reason why i did so well in the the famous uh, red harvest game that team canada was shit talking josh for (laughs) so
0: well well let me ask you not about shit about poor old josh but let me ask you about the command trait because in the chat someone asked a really good question and i could see where this would play out is you know, the alternative someone might be tempted to to take swift and deadly, which allows you to re-roll charge rolls for those cast units wholly within 12. So surely you'd want to be able to re-roll charges for the the um, the, the blood knights, you know, the grave guard who might be popping out of the, the, um, the gravesite site. Um, would that not be a better uh, benefit over a once per battle rousing commander?
1: Um so i mean uh, there's arguments for both and and i think that's the uh that's the beauty of this book there's arguments that can go so many different ways and it's all really dependent on play style uh for me the the rousing commander is all about your alpha strike i'm going to kill you turn one two whatever uh but very quickly uh rousing commander uh, it, it almost just gives me the um the ability to do that much easier uh whereas i have the the extra rerolls to charge it's fine but um, Blood Knights are fast enough, and this is where uh, I'll get into Blood Knights now. Uh, Blood Knights are A, fast enough to to almost always have a half-decent charge, but the good thing about them is uh, they can cycle charge and generally always benefit from the buff to damage on the charge uh, because they have an ability to do a normal move out of combat and because it's considered a normal move out of combat, they can always cycle charge. Uh, And the good thing about these guys is uh, if you're against, um, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong on the wording, but uh, it's a wound characteristic of less than four or three, I think, or something like that, and not on a mount, the Blood Knights can pass over what they're in combat with, and then all of a sudden, they're charging in your backline. Three. Of weak, weak, you're
0: talking weak, the Rod is a Ruin?
1: Yeah, yeah, three. It's three. Uh, yeah. But then, I mean, you're doing the mortal wounds when you pass over them. But the, the key to this is, uh, I mean, you're looking at, um, and I'm so sorry, Josh, but uh, you're looking at Lumineth, where I'm now passing over your Wardens, which are your screen, and your super elite army. And now I, I now have potentially three units of Blood Knights that are charging techless. <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and that's where they become sneaky as well, because you might have thought you've screened me out, but if I'm able to pa- pass over you because uh, blood knights move uh, uh, ten inches, well, uh, there's a there's a half decent chance that I'm either passing over you, fighting your your squishy heroes in the back, or I'll just back out three inches and then recharge you and then get the buff again
0: yeah it's interesting actually i was having a little laugh to myself because i remember when again the soul Blight book came out and everyone saw this rule and they were like this is useless this, is, this needs to be faq'd and then and then like third edition hit a couple of months later like ah, this is how yeah. it works uh, it's a great rule it's a really good rule and they heal as well and like yeah i mean- are great
1: yeah, they get, I mean, uh, again, uh, they benefit from the hunger. Sadly, the Vargays, I think, are the only vampire keyword thing in the book that don't benefit from it. Um, but uh, then you add in Emerald Life Swarm. Uh, you can spike an Emerald Life Swarm and, and get a, a unit back on them, right, if they're three wounds. So, I mean, like, and and they're tanky boys. I mean, they're a three-plus save again for, for 195 points. Yeah, they're a little bit... Uh, uh, expensive but uh they're fast they do what they need to do and uh if by chance i get that charge in in your back hero uh so if you're you're looking at a wizard on foot chances are the five blood knights are killing that thing and then now you're looking at the plus one to damage because i've killed a hero
0: someone in the chat did ask before if the emerald life swarm was overkill and i would say maybe in a, a zombie or skeleton heavy list where you've got a lot of summonables I'd probably say the Life Swarm could be, uh, obviously it depends on the list, but it could be um, a bit of an overkill from a healing perspective. But in this type of list where your Blood Knights aren't summonable, where you've got a lot of powerful units like Manfred, like Prince Vaudry, and they're not really self-healing and you don't want to be relying on a heroic action, especially because you're in combat. When you, Once you're in combat, you can't use that heroic action now as per the the Winter FAQ so getting a reliable heal and from some good spell casters from the you know in the army i don't think for a second this is a bad decision in this particular list
1: no because this this list and again these lists were written um so keep them like this is just to show what this art this book can do this li- this list was written and you and i chatted about this uh off of this is i didn't want to bring something that levon has shown Showcased. I wanted to bring some other units, and and truthfully, this is actually a similar list to what I I, I ran at Red Harvest. Uh, but I mean, there's tweaks here or there that I that I would make to to stay a little bit more competitive. But uh, these lists uh, they can do work. Um, and truthfully, this book is very fat middle, anyways. So uh, it's. I don't know. I'm probably biased, but I think it's a it's it's a borderline perfect, written, perfectly written book uh, because it's perfectly fat middle, the way I look at it. So Two
0: more questions about this list. Sure. One, I'm not going to let go of what you literally just said. I'm going to make sure I loop back to that. Uh, Holy Lodestone, what's the corpse cart doing and why the Holy Lodestone over the other one?
1: Balefire? Um, yes. It's just, it, it's just to, to help guarantee some of the spellcasting to get off. Um, I mean, uh, anything to help me get that emerald life swarm off, cool. Uh, but uh, invigorating aura that's something that we haven't talked about. Uh, is any soul Blight wizard has always has a spell which is you'd almost treat it as like a uh, a war Swirl spell, but it's not. Um, invigorating aura is a spell that I can cast, uh, that was successfully cast. I can also bring back another d3. Uh, summonable units, or heal another D3 summonable. Um, and that one can also spike, but you can't heal the same unit. But if I have more than one summonable unit, then I can I can split it, do one D3, one D3. Uh, it's just another layer of, of healing, and uh, the more heroes you have in your army, uh, it's plus one to cast that. Um, so again, and then I'm also another plus one to cast because of the lodestone. So anything to kind of guarantee uh my healing spells or my buff spells or even my debuff spells, depending on where Manfred is at the time. Uh, it, it helps. It, it really does. So, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, the corpse idea. card
0: is great, especially like when you got like a Necromancer or a foot vampire. I think the challenge is keeping the corpse card in range for the the, the wizards you want to buff, yeah, right, which it's... is why you always see it with a little foot troop as opposed to um, a supercaster. But even like getting that turn one super cast off when they're all kind of you know deployed around the center is usually worth especially like 80 points it could be holding a back objective once everything's kind of up the board
1: that's what i'm saying like it's 80 points right i mean you could use the same justification of what i said about about black knights where it's just like oh that's 100 points if you got 100 points and you can fit it in and you find a utility for it then it's 100 worth it uh i now i'm not saying that the corpse cart is on the same level as black knights it's 100 percent better uh but um <laughs> but it's 80 it is, points it is. It's eighty points, right? Uh, if you can fit it, and you can still potentially get your uh, uh, triumph, uh, then why not? Uh, it, it will never hurt your army. It'll only make it uh, make it stronger if it's in range, right? So, cool. Anything you
0: want to mention about the Grave Guard, by the way? We haven't really quite talked about them. Yeah, because,
1: I mean they, they're, uh, they're choppy.
0: They do mortal wounds. You haven't you haven't built around them because again, you mentioned you haven't got the vampire lot on foot. You haven't got Van Hale's Dance Macabre from a Necro. You haven't got... I mean, is it the White King supporting them?
1: The the White King and Manfred can support them uh, with Manfred's little buff that he's got. Um, uh, His command ability is is quite good with them. Um, But I... I think the Graveguards are fine just the way they are, and they don't need too too many more buffs to, because they're already kicking the crap out of you. <laughs> they really are. I mean, uh, you're running a block of twenty of them. They're they're a small basis. So you're always getting two ranks in because they're one inch reach. Um, you're looking, and I run blades because it's two damage is just you do what you do uh yeah. and then uh sixes on the wound yeah sixes on the wound are a mortal wound in addition which you you don't get much of that with a with a horde uh army on there so and then if you get manfred's uh ability off on them um so like grave guard plus one hit plus one wound uh then you're looking at twos and threes on the great blades uh and two damage a piece with a lot of them that are potentially in there and if you get your plus one to attack for many then uh also fantastic so and re-rolling hit rolls of one uh from your um depending on how you do it but uh there's there's pieces in there that that'll help them uh but i think they're i think they're nuts uh even just just as vanilla uh you, you enforce them once and they're they're just they're they're pretty crazy so I
0: think what I like about your list as well, Matt, is that when I come up against an opponent where I can see they've got one or two blocks of Graveguard and they've got the Vampire Lord or some other support unit, it's very clear on what I need to kill in order to shut down your attack. But you've got multiple threats here. You've got the Blood Knight, you've got the Graveguard, you've got Manfred, you've got Prince Vaudry. So as an opponent, where do I focus and what do I try to take down? Well, it's quite a hard answer. So I think what, that's what I like about your list. There's a lot of diversity. Could you go harder? Absolutely. You could bring in a different hero to take on the Fist of Nagash to to, to pair up with Prince Vordry. You could go the vampire f- vampire on foot to support the Grave Guard. You could go two units of Grave Guard, or you could go with something with the Blood Knights. But I think you've got lots of different threats yeah, that uh, um, yeah. ask a lot of questions from your opponent. And if they focus on one thing, you've got a couple of others to kind of respond.
1: Yeah, it's uh, so you've got your Blood Knights that are Blood Knights Vordry. They're fast enough to get. Uh... Um, to get to where they need to be and, and start fighting some stuff. And then you've always got to think about uh, are the Graveguards coming up from the grave? Uh, or am I just going to foot slog them up the board and then eventually charge them? Probably going to get them up from the grave because I don't want them to get shot off the board. Uh, but who knows? I mean, it really depends on the game um but uh and that's the beautiful thing about this book and there's also things that i can sub in and out of this list and keep it uh, either as competitive or more competitive because there's just way there's a lot of options in this book uh save some points drop the grave guard uh add a bunch of zombies which also hit quite hard but i now have a giant piece of real estate and i'm actually saving some points um so i mean it's just it's 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 fun uh there, there's a lot of layering threats in castle Eye, uh and it's 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 a drastically different list than what you're seeing levon running uh, and i'm not saying levon's running it wrong because levon has shown fantastic success and he's been playing really well with it it's just not my style of of playing um but it's the point of this list is to show that you that there isn't one way to play this book to be competitive
0: and that's the purpose of these shows is never to show you that this is the one internet list that everyone should run and go be successful and go go smash your opponents. It's about showing the diversity. And if you want to see different things, yes, you can talk to Levan. You've seen Alex on this channel as well. We've had a couple of soul bite lists. So you pick and choose what you like. Yep. And if you love Belladama, you want to build around, you know, the Avangorian or you want to build around something you know even if you're you know legion of blood you can take some ideas from this and go right well what if i put uh, blood knights into legion of blood or what would graveguard do if i put them into blah and you can you know mix and match and yep. you know that's what this is all about it's never I've, about a yeah. single internet list
1: like i've run i've run variations of this list uh, where one game manfred will be my absolute mvp um, on jordan's channel when i played against uh, his stormcast with the variation of this list. I was running Vicros, so my it wasn't Prince V. It was a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, but but Manfred just teleporting around the board, just taking stuff. I mean, he was he was my absolute... I had barely anything left on the board, and and he did. Uh, he was awesome. And, and, you know, is he not killing things? He could kill, you know, a couple of his foot soldiers, but his, the utility of him just being exactly where you need him to be, wherever you want him, wherever you need him to be at that exact point. uh, It's fantastic. Um, Is, is he the be all and end all of this book? Absolutely not. Uh, no. I don't think
0: we I don't think we talked about that we, we sub him out for other things right Belladama, mm-hmm. Chattica, N- Nephi whatever like you know mm-hmm. vamp, generic vampire and zombie um anything else you want to talk about with this list or let's show off the other version of um some alternative thinking around this
1: yeah no I think uh, I think I've pretty well covered everything I mean the warlord we've done it I mean and then obviously I've got a hunters of the heartland in there we all know what that does uh How critical is it to
0: your blood knights?
1: it's fantastic i mean uh, if they're not taking extra mortal wounds or or uh i want that buff to to give them all out attack uh, i can guarantee it being there um because that's a unit of five it's a small unit and it's an elite unit uh and i want to be able to buff them to maximize their potential uh while they're still on the board so
0: how how important or how how important is it to protect from like an unleash i'm sorry like a raw
1: uh I wouldn't say it's critical, but I mean it's fantastic to have uh, being able to again being able to and well you you probably never need to inspire them, but having all out attack uh, with them, I mean hitting hitting on twos with their regular attacks, especially when they've charged, you're just guaranteeing that extra uh, guaranteeing a little bit more damage to get through. Um, it's all about it's all about maximizing the potential and uh, being able to to mitigate debuffs or or things that prevent me to do what I need to do. Um, hunters of the Heartlands is, is fantastic for that in this in this edition. So,
0: I guess I only ask you because if someone was thinking about this type of list, but in like a battle reg, what are you giving up in order to do Hunters? And yes, you know, all that attack and all that defense bring it down to a two up and you know, obviously you can save stack with Mystic Shield and blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you wanted to go one drop, absolutely, but just know that you're giving up a few things, especially a stomp, a roar, and things like that.
1: Yep, uh, and and one thing that I, I haven't brought up for any of this list is the ability to save stack from this army, especially on your vampires, is very easy. So,
0: As we transition to the second list, really quick question from... Um, Thubi the Newbie. Um, what about the Arcane Tome on the White King? Why do you do that as opposed to the Castellai artifacts? Uh,
1: so for me, I uh, because I just wanted another delivery system of Emerald Lifestorm, to be completely honest with you. Um, and then having the ability of uh, having something else cast uh, Mystic Shield uh, onto a unit that I need to, or I want to have it. It's just there. And then I can free up uh, Manfred to cast his two debuff spells. And then Prince Vordrai I free him up to be able to cast pinions or his War Scroll spell to give him plus one attack and wound, or plus one to hit and wound. Uh, and one thing that we didn't talk about was Vile Transference, because gargans are a thing, um, is uh, you put Vordrai in, in combat. Vial, what, for the people that don't know what Vile Transference is, it's, uh, it's a spell that... Uh, I, I, a unit uh, within three inches of it, if it's successfully cast, I roll a dice equal to the wound characteristic. So now you're looking at just sniping out heroes, uh, or sorry, uh, monsters. And why I say Gargants is a thing because uh, it's either thirty-five or forty wounds. I was going to then... say it happened
0: to me against my forty wound general, like uh, jerk.
1: Did he? Did he double spike it? Because then uh, that 40... no. no, no, there wasn't no a double spike. <laughs> because then that that forty forty dice now becomes eighty dice, and. Uh... Uh, as you take a mortal wound, then Vordrae also heals up. So that's, it's just another another way of healing, keeping Vordrae on the board as well. So, yeah, no,
0: that's no, very cool. And like, this is why I, I like the Soul blight books. There's a lot of little techie pieces and, um, you've got a lot of things you can move around and, and manipulate and adapt as best as you can to uh, the competitive meta. So um, the al- alternative kind of build, and I see we've got um, Yuri, Yuri's all fired up because now I think we're cooking with gas now. The other build is your Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon Use the General Deathlance, Sword of the Red something uh, and then you've got the mount trait, one of the white dwarf mount traits, which allows you to re-roll that breath attack. Yep. Uh, and then you've also got flaming weapon as the universal spell law. Prince V with pinions, and you've gone the coven throne um, with vile transference. So nice to see a wizard wagon around. You've got two units of Blood Knights, a unit of forty zombies, uh, and then a unit of Blood Knights. You've got three units of Blood. Well, I don't know why I've done that. Uh, and then you've got hunters and Battle Reg. So it, it might Good have been advice. how
1: I submitted it to you because I was just like, "Oh shit, I have, I have, I have room for five more Blood Knights." Sweet. Um, but yeah. Uh, so this is where I put the Battle Reg. reg. I do yeah. have a Battle Reg. I mean, again, uh, it's it's five drops, uh, but. Uh, uh, I mean, I very well could have done Heart- Hunters of the Heartland in there, but I mean, there are, there are units or games out there where you're going to see something uh, where you're not running into the battle reg and five might actually get you the, the turn one, right? So you, you never know. Uh, but I still have Hunters. Uh, and I just, with this list, I didn't really need uh, the extra spell uh, on, on Manfred. They were, taking the two spells on Manfred to being able to cast both of the Necromancer spells is the reason why I did it. Because again, I can't, I can't reiterate enough that those, that spell lore is fantastic. Um, Hmm. But uh, yeah. um, How does this list
0: play differently to what we previously, because there's some commonality, right? You've got Prince V and you got a block of three blood knights, you know, that, that core is there. Um, But then you've interchanged some bodies with the zombies, no Graveguard. We've got zombies instead, you know, you've lost Manny, you've lost the white King on Steed, and instead you've got another combat threat in the vampire Lord on zombie dragon, and you've got that Coven Throne utility piece, right? So what's the difference between the two? How do they obviously play differently? And what, what are you building around here versus what we didn't go through?
1: Well, uh, so uh, going back to uh, what I was talking about in terms of the, uh, um... Uh, the general ability is the finding the biggest base possible to allow for that aura to be as big as possible for rousing commander, which I don't think uh, I don't think I put it on there actually, but rousing commander is generally what I put on all of my generals. Uh, It's just my play style. This
0: one, this one still has rousing commander.
1: Uh because the vampire lord on zombie dragon, his base size is basically a pie. Uh so uh it's a giant and again it's just maximizing that aura uh where I'm I can reliably get most, if not all, of those vampires within that aura to to do some work. Um I would also sometimes put it on the Coven Throne. Um, but uh, so this is a list, this is basically the list that I ran to Red Harvest that did that did the work. Um, and it's a lot of damage, yeah. You're right, Yuri. Um,
0: uh, I was just rereading this uh, the sword, I'm like, Oh, what does that sword do? And I just looked at it, I'm like, Yes, I can't wait to talk about this. This is my type of list. I yeah. am a Timmy, I love to run monsters. Um, talk to me about how, yeah, tell me how this plays out.
1: All right, so, uh, much like Prince Borger, right whatever generally, whatever you point that vampire lord on zombie dragon at, it's gonna either kill it or do some work to it you throw it into a giant unit of something. Now you're looking at uh, the sword of the, uh, the that thing, uh, the sword, half the crap in this book, you can't even pronounce. That's the only thing I don't like about it. But uh, but uh, that artifact, uh, you kill a model, similar to what the hunger would be. You kill a model and then you get the heal. With this one, you kill any model. It, it could just be, it could be a, a, a git, <laughs> right? Uh, then you're looking at a, a holy within 12, uh inch aura um uh yeah holy within 12 inch aura where i'm adding one to wound uh yeah, and now powerful. i am i'm looking at uh the pie plate again that 12 inch aura around that pie plate is a pretty big aura <laughs> where things are going to be uh plus one to wound um so yeah i mean, Does that it, mean it, you're it,
0: fighting first with him like he's always you want to get him in first fight and then I think you,
1: um again I, I would say for the most part yeah probably uh just to just to, to get that buff going uh but if it makes sense for me to go Vor dry were like vordry to be honest with you vordry and and yuri seen it uh vordry has the capability of of potentially one-shotting a Gargan. um you got a really spike you got a really really spike uh that was rolls but i mean if you do it happens i didn't do it against yuri uh Yuri, Yuri's game was a little bit more of a grind uh, at that same tournament, but uh, the game before him, I did it to another Gargan player where uh, I did some work to him. Um, but it, it, it's all a matter of where it makes sense. Uh, for the most part, you would probably do the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, just to, to get that buff out there. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just... To bash, I call this list of Bash Brothers for a reason, because Vordra and the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon are just going to absolutely... Shred <laughs> some things. So,
0: what does the death lance profile look like if you put down a flaming weapon uh, and then you charge with the death lance? Because the death lance gives you what an additional rend minus one and plus two damage.
1: So, the death lance on, yeah, so the death lance on a vampire lord on zombie dragon on the charge, you add two to damage and you add one to rend. Uh, so, now you're looking at uh, four damage, Ren uh, two. rend two. But then you add flaming weapons to the death lance so now you're looking at extra damage on that and then you add the castle life buff to get another plus one damage
0: so we're looking at about five damage a piece for the char- on the charge and then of course when you kill something you then give the plus one to wound aura to everything else and you've obviously got Prince Vordry's Fist of, fist of Nagash that allows you to fight in the hero phase. And obviously that won't work because the plus one to wound buff only works in that phase. But if he's stuck in combat and um, you've got, you know, you, you, you have a great hero that can fight himself out with that Fist of Nagash.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, if, if by chance uh, how I've got them layered into each other... Um... Yeah, Levon's right. I mean, that's that would be one of the main reasons why you take Prince V. Uh, going back to the point is is on the charge his rend is actually better. Uh that, so that just goes back to the argument of the more reliable damage. But uh when when you if I by chance I get to to fight a vampire lord on zombie dragon in the hero phase, um well, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't benefit from the charge buff, but his zombie's going to his uh, his the dragon's gonna do work too, right? So if I've gotta kill three three models or take off five wounds or something like that out of that, chances are I can do it and then get and free him up in the movement phase. So sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. So yeah
0: it, 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 it's a wonderful tag team i love i love that tag team and um obviously you know you've got blood knights running up the board supporting on the flanks or getting into anything that you think that maybe they can't quite pull down or to do some chip damage first and then pull it down by the vampire lord especially if you're doing something like i don't know bring it down slay the warlord wherever it might be you know you've got some really fast troops to support um the vampire lord and prince v what about the coven throne
1: uh yeah so i love the coven throne the coven throne is my jam uh because for me what it is it's uh similar to what manfred did uh but slightly better for the command point is it now the so i'll go into the command ability tactical insight uh plus one to hit wound and save rolls onto a unit uh wholly within 12. uh so just one just just one it's
0: not it's not like Manfred, which is like an aura. Is isn't it an aura, Manfred? Is it like anything within the twelve.
1: Uh da, 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 or is
0: Manfred da, da, da. pick one as well?
1: Uh Manfred is the aura. Uh yeah. but the Coven Throne is uh again, it, it frees up um it frees up Vordry to not have to cast his War Scroll spell where he can cast pinions and get Vordrai to where he needs to be. Uh because Prince Vordrai, again. Prince Vordrai going 20 inches with fly. Uh it's insane. Uh get him to where he needs to be. And then honestly, he's he's now uh twos and twos on his lance. Uh and he's now also a two plus armor save. So then that goes back into the armor stacking of Lord Dry. Or you could do it on the vampire lord on zombie dragon as well. I mean, it just it's it's just a it's a really good buff piece. But then if I have if I do have the Coven thrown in range, uh, because it's a, it is a vampire and it will gain ally, uh keyword. Uh, so, you know how we said about uh, not insane damage on the Blood Knights, uh, but uh, you're looking at uh, predatory bite, uh, one attack. Uh, so if I'm within Rousing Commander, it's D3 damage plus one. Uh, the stiletto attack uh, four attacks threes and threes neg one rend fine, but then that becomes two damage. So now you're starting to see a little bit more of a multiplication, and then your needle shot po- uh, poniards uh, eight attacks threes and threes no oh, rend fine, but also two damage apiece. So now your your little chip damage uh, with the weight of dice is now becoming a little bit more punchy than, uh, or a lot more punchy based on weight of dice than what it, it normally would be um and in our meta uh my local meta is we have a lot of destruction players uh so the shutter spell is it's funny (laughs) it's funny and it's fantastic um low bravery low bravery units that i don't want to fight i'll tie you up with the coven throne uh and then hopefully i'll beat your bravery uh, and then you're not attacking the coven throne if that's the only thing in combat then you're not doing anything with that you're i'm forcing you to retreat and if you don't have retreat in charge then i'm shutting you down for another another turn so
0: so sh- shutter is casting value of six and if it's successfully cast you pick a unit within 12 of the caster you're 3d6 and if it's greater than the bravery uh the model cannot be picked in as a target uh Spell, yeah, so so the coven thro- the
1: coven throne can't be picked as a target by the unit that I've picked to uh to beat the bravery. So right, now- so co-
0: coven throne goes into combat with let's say mega gargant. It has bravery seven. You roll the three d six. So you beat the bravery. It means the mega. If it's mono on mono with the coven throne, it can't fight. But if you happen to have I don't know coven throne and zombies within three then the mega could still fight the zombies just not the coven throne just
1: not the coven throne but now uh, again that's where i'm i'm now forcing you or you know that's where you got to kind of play a little bit tactically is uh uh if you if you just have the coven throne that coven throne is fast enough it's 14 inch move so it's pretty quick um and i'm beating your bravery and if if i'm constantly making it so you can't fight me and i'm forcing you to retreat uh you're not because it's uh It's until the next hero phase as well, right? So uh, it's a one-time cast, so I make the cast, I beat your bravery, and if you double turn me and the only thing in combat with the Coven Throne uh, is your Gargan, uh, you're not fighting for two turns and I'm forcing you to retreat. Uh, Now, you can still do monstrous actions to me, but that's fine. I'm okay with taking potentially D3 mortal wounds on a Coven Throne that's got uh, a boatload, a decent amount, uh, 12 wounds, I believe. So, I mean, you're not going to kill it. You might eventually, uh in four turns if you spike. Uh but I mean the shutdown capabilities of a destruction uh Maw Crusher. Uh uh if I if I get within range of the Maw Crusher, chances are there is a chance that it could happen. Uh Maw Crusher doesn't have the greatest bravery. Uh funny enough, it's three D six. I've actually shut down Archaon for two turns.
0: Uh, one other, one one more call out I want to make just on tactical insight that I think we, we haven't quite called out, which I really like, is it's a hero phase command ability, which means obviously going to be able to benefit from all that attack, all that defense, all those other things in the relevant shooting or combat phase. So nice little stack there. But the other one I want to call out is um, it's an or it's not an aura per se. So what it allows you to do in the hero phase is point at something that's currently in range and then send it off, and the Coven Throne doesn't need to be supporting where Manfred is at bubble. So Manfred has to be keeping up with whatever he wants to Mm -hmm. buff. So uh, nicely it'll be able to buff it up and send it off the board yeah, it's just uh, like a, ability. it's just like
1: a, it's like a little pat in the butt. Go, go get him, kid! Right, uh, send your kid out to go play some hockey, uh, and then it just sent, sends him out. And then for dry or your, your vampire lord and zombie dragon are now twos and twos, two plus save. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's a great command ability, and uh, these ladies on their weird step thing being carried by ghosts uh, also went down, I believe 20 or 30 points uh, in the, the quarterly point adjustment, which uh, at that point they were, uh, they were almost pointed out of my list. And then they went back down where I I'm sneaking them back in again. So
0: anything you want to call out with the blood Knights and the, the zombies, right? Like I think people know we've already talked about the power of zombies and we've talked about the blood Knights and how they've worked in the previous list is much changing between these two lists uh in regards to how they
1: operate not in regards to the blood knights no uh but uh, your dead walker zombies and and uh honestly you I, I would i would encourage you to watch the the game or the uh the interview with Levon he'll go into the the benefit of having a giant tar pit of, of Deadwalker zombies but Levon and I talked about this offline a couple days ago where um, He's like, well, you don't have anything to buff the deadwalker zombies, but for me, my deadwalker zombies serve two purposes. One, it's either just a giant tarpit on a back objective uh, that you need to you need to move, uh, or if you give me the opportunity, I can auto run them up the board and then pile into a shooting unit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. And, and that's what I love about this is that you haven't leaned too heavily into one particular build. So if somebody wants to go more zombies, you can tweak this, pull out some blood knights, add a necromancer, go from 40 to 60 zombies. There's, you know, bring in the coven, the coven throne, the, um the corpse cart, you know, there's little things you want to do, but if you want to flex somewhere else, you know, there's, there's some ways to take what Matt's shared with us and make it your own and bring in your favorite toys. So um. Anything yeah, else so you... you want to add about that list? I, I really I really like both of the lists and an alternative to some of the other lists out there.
1: No, I think uh uh I, I was just really happy to show that you can you can build an elite army uh with this book and still remain scary. Um uh yeah, so some might call it all elite. Uh wrestling <laughs> there we go.
0: AEW <laughs> AEW. dub um, big, big wrestling fan, but um yeah, no, I dig it, and you know, then you there's a lot of different ways we can do this, but uh, and I think it's the, the the testament to the depth of the Soul Blight book um, mm-hmm. that you know we could add uh, Neferata to this, and what how does the list change? How does this list change if you went more into Death Rattle and you brought in the Skellies, who I think are still good? You know, I think there's some play if you were to bring in some Direwolves, yep. bringing in some uh, Direwolves yeah. to run with the speed could be a a fast tar hit that maybe the, the death walker zombies don't bring to the table.
1: Yeah. I I truly believe in this book, there is synergies that we haven't really explored or been able to explore because the meta just hasn't shifted our focus into something different. Uh, But I think depending on if there's a shift in meta, uh, all of a sudden you might start seeing Legion of blood being a thing. Right. Uh, I, I have never seen an Avangori ever list. Uh, but I would love to see one. And I'd love to see how they play it. Maybe I'll build one. I don't know. Uh, but uh I haven't seen one, so I don't really know how it'll go. But uh I think that this book has something for every meta. Except shooting. Except shooting. Can't shoot. Uh well, I mean, like, yeah, I got this. Bring I got in- uh I'll bring uh i'll run uh what is it i'll bring uh lord dry up the board and shoot him his nine inches no, and, I just, and hope look
0: look you used to have ark the black now he's over on the other side maybe you can broker a deal and he can bring over some some uh screaming skull catapults that we've rebranded as um those obr catapults bring, bring I mean, back those that's that's I mean, og yeah. undead
1: or I mean, we could get the uh, lumineth treatment and get another random book, and uh, and we'll we'll get also get catapults or tomb kings will randomly get in there because Manfred was over there learning about them. So <laughs> who knows? I, I'm all I'm all about.
0: Manfred's all about friendship. Couple of last questions. What's sure. the key to your success? Like, if you're breaking this down, you know, if I'm a Soul Blight player, what's going to win me my games? And again, I know, yes, you know, different lists, different battle plans, but just like.
1: Uh, The key to this is, uh, I think this is very much uh, how uh, Iron Jaws are playing, uh, where this list has alpha strike potential that will hurt you quickly and can hurt you quickly. And I think it will actually surprise a lot of people because um, Blood Knights on paper, uh, if they're not buffed up properly, I wouldn't say they're terribly scary, but then you start layering in some of those buffs. Uh, and then your weight of dice and those guys—they are scary. Uh, and if uh, if you're running into a lot of people that aren't playing a lot of Blood Knights or or uh, or the meta hasn't changed, I think th- this list can surprise people. At how fast it will kill and how fast it will get to you. Uh, now it's no Nurgle flies that'll get to you turn one, but uh, it's fast. And then you know Vordry moving his twenty. Uh, he'll get to you pretty quick, and he's tanky enough where he could potentially survive. Next thing you know, by the time you've maybe got you've maybe killed him or got him down to a point where he's he's degraded pretty pretty low. I now have three units of Blood Knights, a Zombie Dragon, uh, or Manfred and Grave Guard. They're now layering into hurting you, um, and uh, this this list specifically has a lot of things that are threats. Everything in this list that has threats. Black Knights with bows. I mean, look, if they give Black Knight bows, uh, I still won't run them. (laughs) (laughs) They're not. They're not. Let's be honest. Um,
0: Prime Hunters and uh, uh, Priority Targets. Does this change anything for you? Obviously, you have no Prime Hunters, but you also have no Prime Targets. So should you come up against... Forminators, Star Stardrakes, Storm Drake uh, Guard, you know, insert unit here, Pink Horrors, Bellacore. You'll get a couple of extra VP to to kill them. Yep. Um does it do you think it changed much for you and the Soul
1: Blight players? Nope. Uh if if it does to anybody, I, w- I would be surprised. And I, I honestly I would love to hear your reasoning behind it. Uh for me, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me because I'm not worried about giving you extra command points uh, or extra victory points. Um uh, if anything, it's it's only really helped my yes. uh, this army. It hasn't negatively impacted me at, in, in one bit. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's all upside for you. If you kill these units, you get extra VP. So yep. they're still hard units to kill. It doesn't mean you need to change your list. Um, and who knows how these priority target opponents? You know, I I, I think a storm drake a storm drake player or a formulated player is still going to run what they run. It's still very powerful. But, you know, should that shift the meta at all? We don't think it will. But in tournaments when they do, um, it might adapt your play style or it might at least incentivize you. If there's less shooting attacks and there's more of X, who knows? That, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think I think the only help.
1: people that may need to think about potentially what they're doing uh, is Gargans. But even then, I don't think so. Uh, but, I mean...
0: No, I do. I do. I think okay. man crushes need to come back into lists.
1: Uh right because they're only the yeah uh but i mean the like boys. if i if i kill you if i take night haunt uh and kill you with a night or or actually you know what let's let's say this uh skaven uh and cuz skavens are uh they're the the lower meta one guys right where if I, any of any skaven kills a a primary target yeah then... like
0: Gloomspike by gates and there's a few of them that are like uh, but primary, uh primary hunters
1: at our last GT we saw how powerful skaven can be uh and if Yuri's still in here I'm sorry I brought this up buddy uh but is that uh, Trentinelli?
0: was that Anthony Trentinelli who was doing really well with the scryer mortal wound uh Banquil type
1: yeah yep uh well you get uh, uh thankfully for for that we weren't playing uh playing the new stuff that just came out but uh i mean you'll lo- you'll lose a gargant uh, to a uh, Skaven or, or Gloom Spikes or something like that, then uh, ouch, <laughs> there's potentially five victory points just by losing your guy. Six, maybe, actually, if you yeah. if you do bring it down or whatnot, right? So,
0: Second last question. Adam actually brought it up. I wasn't planning on asking you, but I think it's an important question, not specifically what Adam's saying, but Nagash. Now that Nagash is not benefiting from Deathless, we did see used to we used to see a lot of Nagash in in death lists would you be are you thinking about him in your list like would you bring the the, the big bad booty daddy to a soul blight list
1: um i tried uh, and i think in soul blight i think there are there are still very expensive units that i need i, I would like to have in my list uh now that being said, I, I I think right now Nagash's only home is Nighthaunt. Uh simply because the Nighthaunt spell lore is friggin' great. If they just don't have the wizards that can get close enough to uh, to use them, well now they have Nagash. And, and honestly, I think that's the only time the the only home for Nagash right now. He doesn't benefit anything from OBR. Um, I don't think he really benefits too too much from being in Soul Blight. Um Actually, I don't think he benefits at all, truthfully. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Night Aunt has the the abilities to bring back models as opposed to wounds, yeah. uh, where Nagash's thing will help with that. Uh, but not not in in Soul of Light, sadly. Um, so
0: I probably wouldn't bring him until he got his Deathless back. If Nagash had a Deathless, either on the War Scroll or at least got that from his Allegiance, cool, different story. But right now, as it stands no i think you've got too many good hero choices natively that you don't in and multi-wound heroes and that's why Nick, he works really well with Nighthawk, because they lack those 10 wound or more heroes you don't need that you've got so many 10 plus heroes those commander models that you don't need yeah. him
1: he doesn't need to be in there and, and truthfully i can take uh i i can run my bash brothers list uh both both uh vampire zombie dragon boys uh for the same amount of points as nagash (laughs) so Yeah. yeah final question uh do you have any deployment tips
0: for me like how do i and again yes battle plan terrain opponent any advice for me how i deploy
1: um i think i think you can be a little bit more aggressive in your deployment than you think uh even though you have uh low model count um i i I think we are tanky enough to to withstand a few things um and uh don't be afraid to not put things in a gravesite i think use your gravesites as the advantage of let them deploy thinking you might do it and then if you don't do it then maybe they've deployed too defensively where they've opened up the middle of the board for you to get to to where you need to be without using gravesites, uh, so use those gravesites to your advantage. To y- use or not use as you want. Um, it's all. It's all. It's all pretty. You could. There's a lot more tactics that you can use with, with gravesite and reserves uh, to not use them uh, and be a little bit more aggressive.
0: I um. I actually Got to a point where I actually had a measurement plan. So with my grave sites, I knew that I measured out, I think it was 12. I think what I used to do is I'd have at least one aggressive um, uh, objective gravesite and I would measure it from their deployment zone and I believe it was about 10 or 12 inches away so I knew the circumference of the of the gravesite means that even like I wouldn't be too blocking myself and I had some even some space in the back should they advance and all that stuff right so I actually created a plan so that when I got to the table I wasn't guessing like I'm going to chuck it here I actually measured it out they had a specific point and um, Adam, to to your question, um, we do or we did already talk about this at the top of the show. But essentially, Matt's um, feedback was having one objective, so one grave site at least aggressively, at least for the psychological threat. One in the backfield, so you can deny with home objectives and things like that. Two on the flanks. You don't want to be too far out, but certainly making sure that you get to maximize those um, those bubbles around the center of the board, really where the fight's going to be. But uh, I guess each opponent, each different, if I'm playing Iron Jaws or Gargants and they're going to run up the board, I'm probably going to have them more closer to me. If I'm playing a shooting castle army, I'm going to have more up on their side. So yeah,
1: your, your middle objectives are really there just to, to have the, the, well, I guess it would be, if you measure it out properly, actually a 40, 48 inch around uh, of just keeping deathless minions on uh, on your uh, units that aren't necessarily being babysat uh, by a hero, because in this in these lists I, I I've kind of shown uh, uh, I want to throw my heroes up there and and not really babysit the stuff in the back. So,
0: no, and diamond pattern would be a good starting point but i wouldn't necessarily restrict myself to this being the only pattern it maybe is my default and then when i get to my opponent i then adjust and move forward move backwards you know whatever it might be mm-hmm. uh anything else you want to share i mean this is 2 o this is 2 hours i should be charging movie tickets for this type of lot right i know of a, of a, i know it went a little put long on a, put but on i the mean big screen
1: yeah, I mean, it went a little long, but this is a deep book, right? Uh, and I think we would we would do it a, a disservice if we didn't... Because honestly, as much as we've talked about it, you and I, and then you and Levon, there's still three... Uh, <laughs> there's still three dynasties that we haven't touched, right? Uh, we haven't four, touched four, Knight.
0: Knight, uh, Blood, uh, avan and isn't there what's it called? Uh, it's another one?
1: Well, there's Vircos, which uh, Levon spoke about and then yeah yeah, like,
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah. but uh yeah I, I, it's the scary thing is i think i think totaling in the, in the two maybe well the, the three interviews we probably got about six hours with the where the with the content and we haven't even touched uh two-thirds of the book
0: hopefully people talk about my channel like the lord of the rings trilogy you set it up and you have three different videos but matt if people wanted to talk to you more i know you're incredibly active on my discord are you on twitter are you on uh the death facebook group like where can people talk to you more yeah i
1: I, i'm in a boatload of facebook groups i i have a twitter i don't think i've posted on my twitter since 2016 uh so don't even try me on there uh but uh if you really just want to reach out uh i'm on I'm on, like I said, I'm on the Discord here. Um, I'm in Soulblight Gravelord's competitive uh, group on that on Facebook. I'm in the Night Nighthaunt one. I'm in the Beast of Chaos. I'm in a bunch of them. I have a crap load of armies, as you can potentially see behind me. But uh, I-, I think the easiest would be uh, on your Discord. Yeah. Any other
0: call out would probably be go check out seasons of war and subscribe while you're there, because Matt you have featured on the channel and you've put some of this theory into practice. So if you can watch a battle report against Jordan and I don't know who else you've played, but certainly people could actually see this in action uh, on seasons of war. So go check out those, those Canadians.
1: Specifically the, uh, the Manfred list that I had against, uh, against Jordan Stormcast. Uh, if you want to see the use of Manfred where he's not a hammer as, as a, is a utility piece. That's, that's the one, uh, it was crazy. So
0: no, awesome. Any shout outs? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, just a couple. Uh, so, I mean, uh, being in Ontario, we've got, uh, we've got a good group of, there we go. Uh, we've got a good we've got a good group of uh, of content creators that are that are emerging or have emerged. Uh, you've already mentioned Season of War, uh, Jordan Ridge Carl, but uh, we've got our, our Bulldog boys in here, uh, Levon, the Bulldog Brothers. Uh, but I mean, we've got Battle Report ones, but we've also got some great content creators. Uh, uh, he was in here. I don't know if he's in. He's actually probably streaming now. But uh, Shorty Paint Studios on Twitch. Uh, he's a fantastic painter. He's also in your Discord. Uh, he happens to be one of my Best friends. Um yeah, uh, and then just uh, the the group of guys that we've guys and girls that we've got out here, our local stores are fantastic. Uh shout out to the to the devil's bench people, Alex, the guy that runs it. He's probably the sole reason why I'm in this game. Uh, I don't think he remembers, but uh years ago I walked in there just to ask him about it, and uh between him and Shorty, the guy that I was talking about, uh, those two guys. Uh, got me into the hobby, so I, I can't thank those guys enough. And then, uh, yeah, we got Game Night, Crit Hit, uh, The Bunker, Grot Gang guys. There's just a boatload of guys, and I'm sorry if I've missed you, but you're great people. So,
0: And most importantly as well, you, if you're watching this uh, as we're recording, uh, Jordan and the Seasons of War crew have actually got a two-day coming up in July. I think it's like the first weekend of July, so yep. if you 100-player events. I'm sure Matt's going to be there, and I'm sure – he'll be accepting grudges and and good times. So uh, get out there and go see the seasons of war. And I'd love, to, I, I looked at pro- tickets and it was like $3,000 flights and I'm like, it might 22 change hour, like two hours, like 22, 22 hour, 23 hour flight, three grand. I don't know if I like Warhammer that much.
1: Yeah, we got, uh, but we've also got uh grand clash coming up. So any anybody who, who's in all around Canada and some, some guys from the States, hopefully if you're in here, I'll see you there uh, at the end of April.
0: Matt, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much. Uh, I'd love people to share their comments in the comment section below how what they thought. And more importantly, what are some of the combinations and synergies that we didn't talk about? Like we didn't talk about Belladama. We didn't talk about Chattica. We didn't talk about like there's so much that we we really didn't really scratch the surface. So I think I'd be curious to hear more about the list teching that other people are finding from the soul blight. But again, it's an incredibly deep book and I can't wait, like the cities to keep just exploring, exploring because you keep, you know, removing a layer and then you find You know, everyone talked about phoenixes first, then we went into iron drakes. Then people are going into wanderers like in living cities, and then it'll it'll evolve to something else. So, living cities um, is back, (laughs) yeah. Like, it started off with hello heart, and then it was like tempest eye and hammer hall. Yeah, we're into you know, like it's it just evolves, and and that's exciting. We just
1: we just saw the the franken zombie weird thing that might get a war scroll, probably not, but you know, who knows, right? That might that one guy might change the change the game, or he might just be a necromancer proxy, who knows.
0: Well, yeah, maybe there's a, maybe if he's good enough, there'll be a good show coming up. But Matt, I'll let you go. Thank you so much. Yep. I'm gonna go watch AEW. Uh, like and subscribe everyone. Thanks very much. And Matt, you're a legend. All right, awesome. Thanks
1: thanks for having me guys. Take it easy.
0: Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video, as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below.